0: Hello, and welcome to No Direction's official PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. Our coverage would not be possible without the help of our con staff, Paizo, and our patrons. Find more seminar recordings at nodirectionpodcast.com.
1: Well, I guess we could uh, just get started just talking generally about the monster stuff and all that. Um, so, uh, who here likes monsters? <coughs> Yeah, should be everybody because you're in the the panel about monsters. (laughs) Um, We've got uh, um, uh, with Bestiary Six coming out, or Bestiary Six. The the, the new Bestiary. We just did Mm Bestiary Six.
2: Hold
1: on, on, um, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Who are you? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who are we? I'm James Jacobs. I am the creative director for Pathfinder.
0: Patrick Rooney, one of the AP developers. Hi, uh, I'm Luis Loza. I'm a developer for Pathfinder. Hey.
3: And, uh, and here we, we have our wonderful art, guest of honor.
2: <laughs> no pressure.
0: <laughs> the man who needs no introduction.
1: Hello.
2: Hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've done uh, these sort of seminars before, and uh, it's basically uh, concept new monsters. How do we make monsters? Um, Uh, one of the ways we do this sometimes is we'll look like real world mythologies and uh, you know like look into different sorts of like you know legacies about creatures that's where dragons of course come from and um there's just a lot people are afraid of monsters that's just where they come from and uh you at the same point need a lot a wide variety of monsters in your adventure games because you don't want to fight goblins every single time because you know they they get old and eventually start feeling sorry for them and you want to make <laughs> friends with them you need something new to kill um, so uh, we're constantly making uh, new monsters and coming up with new critters and stuff like that uh, first edition went all the way through Story six um, and uh, even by that point we were coming up with we were getting to places where we had monsters that was like we've never put like bloody bones into the Avengers yeah. like that and, yeah. and uh just creatures that um it's it's like a well that never seems to run dry really um so um as we get going uh i guess we're going to probably start like talking about the audience and sort of make brainstorm a type of monster maybe and then if something like sparks the imagination something you can just start creating what it looks like and uh figure out where we go from there, and then uh, once that's gone, we'll talk about like how monsters are, are built in the games, and uh, how they can be run in the games and all that, and um, <coughs> now this is... Oh, no! <laughs> this is a uh, uh, two-hour seminar, so uh, by the time we get to the end, uh, hopefully we'll have like uh, a whole creature like out of the blue, something brand new that we can uh, then introduce into uh, into the game.
3: Um, I'll uh, oh probably... I uh, want to take a break right around the Five first hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: like half. Like halfway through, we'll take a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we want
3: to maybe start first talking about uh, the philosophy of what it takes to like, come up with monsters? Sure. Yeah, and stuff I like did that.
0: joke about uh, the man who needs no introduction, but this is Wayne Reynolds. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, uh, you, you do most of our, uh, you do all of our hardcover art and uh, all the iconics. Um, a seasoned uh, monster drawer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's about twenty-five years. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll
1: start with that. Um, why don't we just talk real quick?
4: Like, what are your favorite types of monsters? Uh, I prefer humanoid monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of really because because I can put the character in, into those. So they're sort of human esque, but then then I like to play with body shapes. So I'll push and extend. Uh, I like um, extreme juxtapositions Mm. in my art. So, you know, if they've kind of like got a massive body, then I might give them a tiny, tiny head or something like that. (laughs) Just some sort of really, really extreme contrast. Um, It helps give them a little bit of character. But yeah, I tend to veer towards humanoids quite a lot. Mm. That's kind of like my my kind of go-to. But I can pretty much turn my hand to to anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what about you, Patrick? What's your favorite kind of monster? Oh, goodness. Uh,
0: I do love coming up with um, I don't know, when I'm thinking of new monsters, I'll just take a walk and look around nature, and uh, you know, I think that's what a lot of people probably did back in uh, mythological days, is, you know, they would see you'd see things you don't understand, and uh, I'm a neophyte when it comes to just about everything, so the world is amazing to me, and I look at a tree, and I say, that tree is cool and freaky, what if it was upside down and had an eye at the top and was floating, and A monster's fed off of it. That's a new monster. Um, You know, it's, I don't know, the world is inspiring. This wallpaper, I was joking with James earlier, (laughs) yellow wallpaper, great story. (laughs) If you haven't read it, you should. Classic women's literature. Um, But, you know, that could be a monster as well, just hiding in the wallpaper, something like that. I don't know. I I think the
5: carpet's scarier.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) The carpet's pretty good, too. It's got these, like, tendrils. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how about you, Luis? (laughs) Uh,
5: So
3: I tend to gravitate towards specific types of monsters a lot. I'm a big fan of robots and constructs and things like that uh so whenever i can i try to get those in uh and it turns of like more of our traditional monsters for our game i like oozes and, you know just weird things that are completely opposite from a humanoid yeah. at that point uh but usually i i'm okay with uh anything that if i kind of just go, Ugh, with that kind of monster, that means, oh yeah, that's probably a good monster, I like that kind of stuff. So anything that, that makes me squeamish or, or think that something's icky, I'll probably, oh, what can I take from that and put it in, into uh, uh, a monster?
1: Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm pretty into, like, just the primeval, like, prehistoric look. I mean, you look at, like, dinosaurs. Uh, and I just love that sort of just beastial sort of just all tooth and claw and stuff like that but at the same point uh, I'm also really into like the Lovecraftian types but this weird distorted cosmic alien things. So I mean almost the opposite even of, of yours it's like yeah. these are the things that you know it hurts to look at and you don't understand how they work mm-hmm. and it makes them nice and easy to illustrate because you don't know what they look like and all that but um <laughs> yeah. it gives
4: opportunities Doing things like that for me yeah. gives a really good opportunity to put those extreme juxtapositions yeah. in. You know, where you can have like a, eh, there's a really big tentacle, and a tiny, tiny
1: mouth, or yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, but it's I mean, you just see that just the four of us, we've got four really pretty different. Uh, one of the things actually you mentioned, like looking in nature, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that is it's really fascinating to me. Um, is uh, I, I was working with Wes Schneider. He used to work at Paizo, and the two of us had often like gone into like these deep dives into like monster histories and stuff like that it's like where do lucratas come from it's these, these big kind of antelope creatures that can like kick you and they like have really sharp teeth and um, just going back through real world medieval history it was kind of like uh, these European explorers like going down to Africa and seeing a hyena for the first time and it starts ah, 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 making this weird noise <laughs> it sounds like it's laughing at you and it's biting through bones with, with ease and stuff and I'm like whoa that's obviously a monster Um, and it's those sort of things like the camel apart I guess is that sort of leopard that's got a long neck and it's like people not understanding what a giraffe is Mm -hmm. and um so it's really interesting to bring this type of thing you know into a fantasy setting and actually take their their like interpretations of what a hippopotamus is or uh, an alligator I've never seen one before and then running with it so um so what about, uh, let's go to the audience real quick. What, let's see, anybody have any favorite monster types? Uh, and then uh, we'll see if anything sort of inspires like maybe an idea for some sort of critter to start hatching on the page.
0: Yeah, what's your favorite monster from Pathfinder 1? I'd be curious. Yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, I mean, honestly, any of the Cryptoids, so anything like uh, like the Mothman or the mm-hmm. Jersey Devil mm-hmm. is particular favorite. So Cool.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something that I, <laughs> I've, I've also been really into. Um, it's... Uh, there's some weird stuff out there that, uh, it's like, I remember, um, going to Gen Con several years ago, uh, and, um, I went to some bookseller, uh, 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 McFarland books, and they have a lot of really cool specialty books, and one of them was the Cryptozoology A to Z. It's this huge book, it's like that thick, and it's like an encyclopedia, dictionary type thing of cryptids. And I picked it up, and I was like, I'm gonna buy this, and my friend. Uh, uh, Matt uh, Cernet was like, how how complete is that book? Do they have Batsquatch in there? And I'm like, what, what is Batsquatch? In there? <laughs> well, there it is. So I had to buy the book. Batsquatch, of course, is a batwing Sasquatch. Um, it's a thing. Um, so yeah, there's some crazy stuff out there. Uh, what uh, other people over here? I like good and neutral
6: aberrations and maybe courageous that aren't necessarily aberrations of the creature type but have that same kind of very alien aesthetic while still being, you know, reasonably reasonable if you talk to them properly? <coughs> Like fluffs and those weird giant
1: beetle people. Giant beetle. beetle. There's a lot of that,
0: yeah, in mythology as well. I mean, I was doing some research on like Celtic mythology, and there's like weird like demons that walk the night, and they're very mysterious. In that, like, you know, they might help you if you do the right thing, but they might not. Yeah, it's a very the moral ambiguity in monsters is. I mean, not understanding their anatomy is one thing, and not understanding their motives is another. And it's, yeah. when you combine those, it's very strange. Yeah, I like that. Cool.
1: So we got like cryptozoological monsters. We got like weird-looking creatures that are actually kind of friendly. Anything mm-hmm. else? Yeah.
5: I like things that mess with your head because anything that has like compulsions or things that put fears and stuff like that. Because anything that. Uh, okay, I was scared for a sec because this thing looks really weird, but I still got my sword and I'm going to go at it. Mm-hmm. But then it, start, it, it can start messing with you and how you're going to interact with it and making decisions for you. That's like really creepy for me.
1: Uh, Interesting. Actually, I have a question real quick for you, Wayne. Um, one of the things that uh, we've got a lot of our art uh, directors and uh, graphic designers here, and they often, when we're writing an adventure or something like that, we'll come up with a monster. It's like, this monster is... Uh, an incarnation of a living nightmare, and it's flashing bright lights in that like kind of strobe light sort of thing, and uh, it's like transforming to something else, and uh, we'll get yelled at because there's no way to illustrate something that's flashing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and uh, but this is a type of thing. It's like how would how would you go about illustrating a monster that like is a uh, messes with your mind and, and, and like kind of like like uh, interfere with your your perception or something like that? Would that be something
4: that well, the, the 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 monster would have to have a descriptive anyway. Yeah. You know, so uh, illustrating, hey, this monster messes with your mind. You know, you yeah. you need kind of a sort of a magical signature mm-hmm. uh, effect to to kind sort of like signify that oh yeah, it's, their mind is being kind of like messed with. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of need to spell it out and, and give almost some sort of physical manifestation mm-hmm. and illustrate some sort of physical. One of the things that um,
1: I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of the times when we, we work with you, Wayne, it's, it's uh, we'll give you just kind of a basic idea and then you know you run with it. And I remember working on the with the Summoner class. The idea was that um, they would summon these monsters up. Yeah, yeah, um, but. There was no way to really, in an illustration, if you, sh- if you show like a gnome and then some sort of monster next to it, there's no way to really tell that um, they are, you know, they're a team. It's like, is that gnome about to get jumped by that g- giant cockatrice lizard snake thing or are they buddies or what? And I'm not sure who came up with the idea that they would both have this sort of rune kind of emblazoned in their, their, their flesh or that would appear like in the, the creature itself or um yeah. So that's like one way you could do
4: sort of a language. It was it was it was one of the design teams yeah. that, that came mm-hmm. up with that. It, okay. was, it wasn't one of uh, wasn't one of mine. Yeah. I, I, I remember uh, reading that that was that was stipulated that yeah. the mm-hmm. the, uh, the recurring route had to had, it had basically yeah. built in. So that's one way we might handle something that time. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. Another thing I like is it can think monsters where you've got something that looks like it should be very primitive and instinctual, like an ooze or a giant bug or something, mm-hmm. but it turns out, actually no, it's telepathic, has an in score of 16, and is working on its master's degree.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's another uh, example of some like, we could illustrate, when we're coming up with a, the, the look of a monster, um, a lot of times that, the work we put into how the monster looks, uh, doesn't really dovetail into, like, how it thinks or acts or something like that. And, um, at the same point, it certainly could. If you want a monster that's, like, really about... This is a monster that's all about, like, weaving and building all sorts of intricate tapestries and stuff like that. Uh, you might look at, like, spiders or, uh, uh, or something like that from the real world. And they have, like, these long... These abilities to create these really elaborate patterns, um... And so maybe that monster just has a lot of long, thin, spindly arms or fingers capable of doing really fine manipulations and stuff like that. Uh, for something, I mean, you look at, like, science fiction films and, and such, and it's like the big monsters are the ones with, like, the big, giant brain cases that are, like, kind of, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of pulsating and all of that. Uh, that's sort of an a on-the-nose way to indicate <laughs> a monster's really smart. Uh, there's a, um, The Fiend Without a Face, this movie from the... The late 50s, I think, where the idea was that um, there was a, a radiation link or something, and it was causing people's thoughts to manifest into monsters. And, of course, the way that would happen is it's the brain sending up these thoughts, so these monsters look like brains. <coughs> and they're, like, crawling around and stuff like that. So that's an unusual way, but kind of interesting to, like, indicate something's really mm. smart it just looks like a brain.
0: It's kind of like a contemplative of uh, A-Shock, Yeah, right? the yeah. contemplative of shock yeah. is a
1: good example. It's just a brain with, like, kind of, like, an atrophied little body because all uh-huh. it does is it thinks about stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that ties into what Wayne was saying about contrast, right, is usually when you're hyper-intelligent, you know, you don't need your muscles or whatever, you yeah. can telepathically do things, so, yeah. and vice versa, if something's really big, it usually uh, doesn't need that much intelligence. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, what about, uh, anybody else have, like, favorite monster types? Right here.
5: Um, I like doing monsters that embody concepts. That's why well. I'm throwing an
1: a So, like, what do you mean by embodying yeah. like a concepts? Like, monsters that are, like, manifestations manifestation of a...
5: Manifestation of entropy itself okay. or something like that, or, like, seven sins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned
1: the seven sins. That's something that's um, a really... Those types of things really help you like visualize monsters. If, if you come up with a theme of, like, for example, Seven Deadly Sins, that basically that immediately gives you seven different ideas for types of monsters that you can do. Like the gluttony monsters, obviously the giant mouth that just eats things. The envy monsters, maybe something without a face, and uh, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you, that's a really cool way to come up with, with monsters. That's something we've done with pretty much all of our outsider races, is we try to come up with sort of a theme for all of them. Uh, even when we're making up new stuff, like the, the relatively late uh, creation was uh, from Adam, I think Adam or Wes Masaki. Masaki, yeah. Um, the idea there was that these are monsters that um, You on know, anxieties and yeah, they're like they are manifestation of your deepest fears. So something that's like, if you're your fear of like spiders, this thing might look like a bunch of spiders kind of melted together. Or if you're afraid of darkness, it might be like a living blob of, of night that floats around. Mm-hmm. So that can really give you sort of a theme for like an entire family of monsters that you can run with. Uh, anyone else have monsters? Uh, here. I enjoy
3: swarms. It's kind of the, the futility <laughs> of I'm going to stab these hundreds or thousands of them <coughs> all coordinated to try and kill me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swarms yeah. are a great way to kill characters. <laughs> 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 it's always weirded me out on a sidetrack down into... Uh, we'll, we'll talk like in the la- second half of this, how do you take a monster that you've created and how do you make it into like the rules side of things. We'll be kind of the focus of the second half of the, uh, the seminar. Um But to do a little bit of a sneak preview, there, it's always weirded me out that swarms are these things that you can't really hurt with weapons. You need like tools that you don't normally get at the start of a game. Um, But almost all swarms always are really low level. So it's like it's like the game designers are trying to make you put these really hard to kill creatures up against the the fragilest, most uh, you know (laughs) dainty player (laughs) characters that you can. So. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I don't know, maybe a window into the sadism of the game designer's mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are monster observations. Right
5: there are there, like things with either a lot of eyes or eye stalks. Okay, those?
1: Mm. here we go. Now we're now we're getting into stuff that's actually like things you can see that are physical, um, and uh, a lot of eyes is is one of those things. I mean, the classic uh, D and D monster is the Beholder. It's got these mm. ten eyes yeah. and well eleven eyes, and uh, um, you know, I mean, just look at something like uh, like a spider. And and spiders, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think of uh, the fear of that. I mean, maybe comes from evolutionarily. Like, the more eyes you have, the more you can see. You're probably a predator, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas prey have eyes that only look out and look out for predators, right? Yeah. So
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Um, there was um, we we're talking actually when when we start doing adventure paths and, and so forth, and we're like. All right, we're going to do an adventure path about whatever. Uh, we need to start picking monsters mm-hmm. for thematics and all of that. Um, and uh, it's it's particularly difficult when you're doing like an urban adventure because mm. it's set in the city and obviously it's going to be a lot of humans you're going to fight against. But um, uh, at that point, you could start picking on things like uh, we were talking a while back about mm-hmm. like that. What was that that? humanoid creature covered with eyes. Oh, yeah, the
0: uh, uh, it's a Hayakume or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's from Japanese uh, folklore. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's sort
1: of like this, it's got like these, it's a, a monastic themes where it's uh-huh. kind of these It's just like,
0: covered in eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, you guys got kung fu by the uh-huh. eye monsters. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it loves secrets and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, plays into the eyes, I think. But
1: yeah, that's something that really you can do with... Um, Visuals of a creature is uh, ha um, <laughs> is is by giving it a bunch of like weird eyes and stuff like that helps to give it sort of a, a very visual uh, unique uh, look and that's something that um, that really appeals to me is is, is really the, the design of a monster you can come up with all sorts of like it feeds off of fears or it's like uh, um, it's smarter than it looks or something like that that's a way you can like kind of take it in a different direction but
0: body parts that aren't in places that we are used to is uh very scary right i mean you think of like pan's labyrinth like the the guy with the eyes on his hands very creepy uh gibbering mouthers stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. even um taking something that is familiar and just like making
3: it that slightly unfamiliar like if something's joints bend the other way Uh that it's it's close enough to that it's kind of like that uncanny uncanny valley kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, it's close right. enough to what you know, but obviously something is slightly off, so mm-hmm. slightly wrong, and that tends to... Especially if you can't notice it right away. Uh-huh. If, it, if if a creature's knees bend the other way, but it's standing completely straight up, it looks like its legs are straight, but you're like, something might be wrong uh-huh. here, and then it starts walking. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> Get it out of here! Uh-huh.
1: Uh, Alright, anybody other... Uh, yeah, right here.
6: Uh, I like things that seem
2: mundane,
6: Mm -hmm. uh, but aren't necessarily or seem innocent, like uh, the Attic Whisper is one of my favorites, or like Mimics and stuff in general, something that at at a glance might be passed over.
1: Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mimics are, are fun. Um, one, of the, one of the coolest things that in in a Bestiary, the, the second edition Bestiary that's coming up is uh, we've got a mimic in here. We'll spoil some of the stuff oh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, mimics are always, they've always been depicted, it seems, as like treasure chests. Mm-hmm. And that's like the archetype thing. It's like, the treasure can't hurt me. That's, yeah. that's my reward.
0: Uh-huh. It's, to, it's,
1: it's to like the Dark point. Souls has you, the, the mimics. You with see the chest. a
0: treasure chest and you're just like, well, that's suspicious, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, The mimic in um, the best area we've got uh, is not a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still pretty. Because you know, they can be any piece of anything, furniture or yeah. whatever, yeah. Yeah, they and, could be the yellow wallpaper. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else have any monster. Yeah.
5: I've always liked wilderness monsters because I feel like it's. Out there, just living its life in the wilderness, but it's so different than what you are used to running into, you know? Like, if you were out and about, like, it's one thing to run into, like, a bear, that's scary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you run into these other things, and they're just, like, way more monstrous or, you know, unusual. And it just, I don't know, there's something cool about it. Like, it's grounded in reality, but it's, you know not something you want to mess with? I mean,
1: grounding monsters in reality is is, is really helpful because it helps, you know, when you're playing a game and you're trying to describe if it's something that is completely beyond anything we can relate to, all the the Lovecraft stuff, where you can't really describe it, it's it's difficult to wrap your head around, and that's why it's so important to get a cool illustration of that creature. Um, Something like, you're talking like a bear... Uh, everybody knows what a bear looks like, and if you, you know, you're afraid of bears because mm-hmm. obviously they're bears. Um, but uh, you brought up the environment, and that's a really cool and, and handy way to, to kind of skew things. You know, bears—they live in the woods. Uh, but what would a bear that lives in well, in the real world, we got bears that live up on the, the ice caps, mm-hmm. and they're they're completely white. And that's if you're used to brown bears and black bears, that in and of itself is, is disconcerting enough. But I mean. What if it was like a bear that lived uh, underwater, like an aquatic bear or something like that, or a bear that lived up, like, uh, that had wings and can fly and was in more of an aerial-type thing? Or you could just take the different ways that... Um, and we, we do this with a lot of monsters, like the drakes, for example. Um, drakes occupy this niche in the game that is like, this is, these are dragons that you can fight when you're relatively low-level. They still kind of give you the same sort of feel like I'm fighting a, a fire-breathing, whatever, reptile snake monster but it's not going to be like an actual full-on dragon. Um, But rather than going with like dragons that have different colors based on metals, we decided to go with terrain. So Mm -hmm. we got jungle drakes, and forest drakes, and river drakes, and desert drakes, and all of these different drakes. And it gives you a whole swath of monsters that you can populate your game with, and Each one of them has its own kind of unique look. Like, the Desert Drake will have, like, sort of a sandy color. Maybe it's it's got reflective skin to keep the sun from overheating it. The the River Drake, of course, is more aquatic. Mm -hmm. The Forest Drake maybe has, like, uh, it's more sinuous in the Jungle Drake so they can climb around in the branches. And um, it really helps to really quickly visualize what these monsters look like. And you establish one in your game, it's easy to have the next, you know, terrain show up and your players can really quickly... You know, envision what it is they're facing.
0: Mm-hmm. And you you keep mentioning like uh, fear as an element of monsters. Yeah. I mean, monsters are scary. That's kind of the whole point and i mean terrain plays into that in that humans people like you know like uh humans in real life have very specific terrains that we enjoy you know we need that goldilocks zone of uh of uh, temperate you know temperatures and stuff like that whereas what's scary about forest drakes and jungle drakes is that they thrive in these inhospitable you know wild areas mm-hmm. and uh it's scary to us that you know it's like i can't live in the desert very long i mean i personally couldn't uh, <laughs> So when I see a monster that loves the desert, it's, well, it's like, I'm in it, it's home turf, and that's,
1: uh, yeah, it's not a good thing. That's, I mean, to, to bring it back up to the panelists, um... Monsters, you mentioned, are scary, and that's really what monsters come from. They're things that we're afraid of. They're manifestations of fears and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid, everything seems scary because, you know, your parents you say... don't know about it, yeah. Yeah, so, Luis, when you were a kid, what kind of <laughs> scary thing was particularly yeah. uh, vexing what to you? What was the
0: scariest thing to you as a kid? Yeah. And then we can make a monster out of it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean,
0: a
3: particular killer doll when I was a kid was a very frightening to me. Um for whatever reason, I don't think I've even seen *Child's Play*. Yeah. But for whatever reason, <laughs> other kids talking about Chuck—he's gonna, you know, uh-huh. Chuck can kill you. It's mm-hmm. like ah, this, there's a killer doll out there. Um, but I grew up with like um, with Mexican folklore. We have things like La Llorona or El Cucuy, uh, which are it's just the equivalent of the boogeyman. Right. But, mm-hmm. but it's just this kind of. No one ever really told me what El Cucuy was or what it did or, or you know anything like that. But that alone, just knowing that there's some creature that my parents keep referring to might snatch you and get you uh, just is enough to like, it can be, it doesn't matter that I don't know that, you know, it hides in a closet and it comes out only at night. I I didn't even have any of that. It's just, there's a thing. And uh, I guess my parents decided they wanted to scare
2: me, with (laughs) (laughs) with
3: stuff like that, scare me straight. Uh, So even like uh, unknowns, uh, mm-hmm. tend to to be i mean there 's the typical here 's a monster movie, and it 's scary until you can see the monster yeah uh, so in in some cases, doing that kind of stuff is um, uh, a lot more effective than saying hey this thing 's ability does this much damage and blah, blah 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 whatever the case might be when we can describe something like a horse <laughs> and it's you know it 's heavy labored breathing and it 's stomping around in a stable that you can only hear from off screen and that might be enough to start spooking players and spooking you know, other people, even though if we were to just see it right in front of our face, oh, it's a horse, but the stuff like that, the
1: unknown, the, the tends to be scarier for me, at
3: least. Yeah. It's, uh,
1: uh, you mentioned uh, Child's Play at the Front. That goes back to like, the, just the mundane, horror in the mundane, and I think that's, that's a great place to look for monsters. Uh, Stephen King does that really well. Yeah. He takes something that is just completely... Kind of normal, and then just adds one weird. Like he had uh, one of the strangest stories that he wrote, and it just stuck with me because it was. It turned so creepy. Was it was called the Moving Finger, <laughs> and it's a short story. It's about a guy that goes into the bathroom, and there's a finger sticking out of the drain of his sink. Ugh. And the story is about him trying to get this finger out of his sink, and it just keeps escalating, and it just it's it's. It's like, you say it like at the front, it's like, a, a finger, that's the monster. It's like, no. It's like, if it's sticking up out of this drain in your sink, and it's like just doing this, and nothing you can do can get rid of it. <laughs> what about you?
0: Hmm. Oh, scariest thing when I was a kid? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, my parents bought me this. I knew immediately as soon as you said it. <laughs> I was like, I remember. <laughs> uh, it was this uh, stuffed panther, uh, like a black cat i don't know it wasn't it wasn't bigger than this and it uh I just remember it. Uh, I put it in my closet, and during the day, it was fine. Like you're saying, like when you can see it, fine. But at night, uh, you know, it had one of those, I don't know, plastic marble eyes or something refracts just the right amount of light, you know, from your alarm clock or whatever. I had to, yeah, even closing the door to the closet, I knew it was in there, is the worst. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, it's,
0: it's when you can't see something fully, when you don't understand something, that's what's so scary, you know. As And as a kid, like you're saying, you know, uh, everything's scary because it's a complex world and you don't have the, the capacity as a child to understand yeah. it yeah
1: um i uh growing up um started at a very very young age mm-hmm. started watching monster movies and my, i remember my dad saying let's well, stay up late and watch uh, this monster movie godzilla mm-hmm. and i watched it. And godzilla was really cool i was more like oh it's a dinosaur yeah. i was more excited by that um but uh the very next week we watched a movie it was ironically by the same exact director of Godzilla it was called Attack of the Mushroom People <laughs> and it's based on a William Hope Hogson story called The Voice in the Night uh, it's about a ship that kind of shipwrecks on a deserted island and the only thing they could eat are these weird mushrooms and if you eat these mushrooms you turn into mushrooms mm-hmm. and uh, that just Jet stuck with me like right away. I mean, it's this psychedelic, surreal thing like people moving around like they're deforming into the mushrooms, and you're just transforming and everything like that. I don't like mushrooms on my pizza <laughs> uh, salad. Uh, you'll look through a lot of uh, adventure paths that I've worked on. You'll see over and over again monsters showing up like fungus queens or. Uh, like these in his mm. for smuggler ship. There's that whole ship that is based on this. It's, it's infested with mushrooms. Ugh. So
0: you're stoked about fungus slashies as uh, well. Fungus
1: lashes I think. Yeah, those <laughs> those were the first lashes we did, and I thought we nailed it because they look so creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at the same point, you, you mentioned that stuffed uh, panther. Uh-huh. Um, my grand, my mom and my and her mother, uh, my grandmother. Uh, they'd do a lot of, like, sewing and crafting and stuff like that. So there's always, like, blankets and, mm-hmm. and, and just things all over the place. And they'd have, like, these um, uh, boutiques where they'd sell all of their their stuff to people. And so every year when the boutique came up, the house started filling up with, like, stuffed animals and, like, uh, just craft, craft stuff, craft works. And my grandmother, at one point, they had, like, this these really, like, kind of tall bears, like teddy bears, but about this tall. Mm-hmm. And they just looked... They're pretty pretty mellow looking. Uh, my grandma ran out of the right kind of eyes. Oh. <laughs> and she had one bear left. Oh, no. So she used cat eyes, like, like little cat oh. eye things, and put it on the bear. Oh. And you have these like bears all lined up, and it's like bear, 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 monster bear. Because <laughs> well, you don't really realize what is wrong with that bear. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's got like these yellow cat eyes. It's that Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Louise was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> You're
0: like what's wrong with it? <laughs> no, no, no. No th-
1: I don't know what happened to it. Either. I mean, it's like, cause my sisters and I were like, no, the cat bear is going to get it's you. It's still out there. It's yeah. out there somewhere. I don't know what happened
4: to it. <laughs> what about you, Wayne? Is there something
1: particular from your?
4: Yeah, for for me, it was uh, it was it was the the folklore monster. <laughs> So it was it was the the local boogeyman, uh, which which was called Chalky, right? Oh, now Chalky lived uh, on this hill, and Chalky was called <coughs> Chalky because his teeth were made of chalk, because uh-huh. uh, there used to be an old chalk mine kind of on this uh-huh. hill, and there were lots and lots of stories about Chalky, and none of the every, every story kind of like talked about it, that his teeth were made of chalk, but no other story could kind of like quite nail. What other, whatever he looked like, um, so yeah, Chalky was going to get you. That was uh, that was a big thing around us, uh, because you didn't know what Chalky looked like uh-huh. until he sort of smiled. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're like, that's Chalky. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So and, and, he, and that may kind of like come from the kind of like stranger danger thing. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. So I, I don't remember where Chalk. It's It's just always
1: there. Awesome. I mean, that's also the 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 cool thing is like you just there's this type of like you know there's small town lurking Mm -hmm. you know stories. uh, Sandpoint Devil. Sandpoint Devil. Yeah, yeah. which is of course based on the Jersey Devil. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody here have like any specific like? Childhood monsters I don't want to Delve into everybody's (laughs) uh, Traumas and all that But anything like that Like local stories Or something like that
5: Yeah I'm from Colorado So
0: I grew up in the Forests and the mountains But uh, we we were always In the desert For the summer Because that's where My parents' company was And uh, I watched Tremors Mm. One day And I was afraid every single night that something was just going to shake that ground and suck me underneath.
2: Nice.
1: I remember uh, Tremors was a movie that I mean I, I was super into monster movies. Uh, I lived in this, this small town, Point Arena, and they had a theater in the town, which was kind of weird because uh, it. it um, but the guy that owned the theater uh, wasn't really into like the fantasy and the horror and the violence. They were more into like drama and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was, whenever a monster movie showed up, I was super excited. And I had not heard about Tremors and it showed up and I was like, oh, a monster movie I'd never heard of? And I remember going to see it and uh, yeah, that one
2: mm-hmm.
1: that one sticks with you because it's just so outlandish and uh, it's it came out at a time when that creature feature type movie really had kind of fallen out of style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. That's a good story. Do you you wanna, wanna, uh, um, oh. Sorry.
3: Uh, do we want to maybe start working on getting some concepts for uh, use for the second half here? Like, start... You know, getting some ideas like, oh, this from the audience. Or we yeah, yeah. Uh, and Wayne's already
1: got something going that we will show off later. But, yeah, um, it's looking pretty like. Cool. Uh, but, yeah,
3: I think it's important to know, like, if you're making a monster. Yeah. I mean, obviously, here we're talking in a Pathfinder context. Yeah. Uh, so, like, deciding where to even start.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, like,
3: yeah. Like think a lot of us can just start with like i saw this monster when i was a kid i want to make that or Mm -hmm, there's this mm -hmm. creature i saw in a picture book or something whatever that case might be but sometimes you might have like uh especially in a professional setting hey i need a cr4 aberration because we have cr3 and cr5 but nothing for cr4 Mm -hmm. and like that is an important jumping off point so i think like determining that jumping off point for for a monster is like Obviously, that's where you start. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's it's um, something when you're making an adventure, whether you're doing it for like a publishing adventure or just a home game, and you want to do something that uh, fits in a specific you know power level. Um, that's one of the reasons why I think monsters are so varied. You know, you you have like the first level. You say you take the uh, what's a good not like a gommas, it looks like a low CR creature. Basilisk or something. Yeah. Basilisk isn't low CR. Let's go with Basilisk. <laughs> Basilisk is a good idea. So Basilisk is like, what, level 5 or 6 or somewhere around there. Um, it's this monster that can basically turn you to stone. And uh, you look at some other creatures. You've got like the Cockatrice, which is like the less powerful version of it. Uh, you've got the Medusa, which does it just at a glance. And then you keep going up, there's even more powerful creatures out there that like Entomb you and rock and all of that, but um, yeah, if, if you want something like that at a low CR, how would you go about? If you wanted uh, an adventure where there was a, a first level monster that could petrify you, how would you how would you build something like that?
3: Uh, I, I think um, I mean first understanding mechanically what petrification really means, which means that player is effectively dead if mm-hmm. that happens. I mean the basilisk in the first bestiary for Pathfinder first edition had the uh, the bit where you, if you grab its blood afterwards, yeah. you can use that to unpetrify someone, and then later we just remove any failsafes uh, for that kind of stuff. But maybe lower levels, it might start off with something like it slows you down at first, and you know it has to get you two or three times as it slowly builds up that calcification and turns you to stone. That both puts the players on edge, where it's like, oh no, th- this could turn us to stone, but it still gives them enough time to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. I think. One turn. Hey, your turnstone. It's probably too
1: bad for yeah.
0: too for. That's a matter soul. of like telegraphing, right? Yeah. yeah, like when you're slowed, it's like, oh, if I get bit by this thing, it's gonna slow me down more. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, this is maybe not exactly what you were aiming at uh, earlier, but uh, it's worth keeping in mind when you're designing a monster. Uh, keep in mind what the players can handle at that level. Um, one of my favorite examples from. Um, uh, first edition D and D that kind of does this is the Bunyip, which is a cool monster from uh, cryptozoological uh, from Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 like this shark seal that like swims around in the in the billabongs and it will <laughs> grab you if you get too close. Um, and the first edition D and D one, it had a vorpal bite. And so, yeah, if it cool. good enough. It just it bit your head off, which is pretty cool, because you know it's it's like yeah. it's a sea lion shark monster, but the fact that you know they could bite your head off elevates it above that mm. tier. Um, but it was also something that was really pretty low level. It's like three hit dice or something like that. Mm. And um, there's a reason you know the Vorpal Sword is, is is so expensive, and you can't get it to your like 17 bubble. It's that type of instant kill thing. It really isn't good for the game at lower levels because, again, when you get killed or you get turned to stone or something like that and you don't have a way to fix it, that doesn't create a very fun play experience. And, um, whereas, of course, monsters are things that you're supposed to be afraid of and nervous about and all that. When you're in a game like Pathfinder, you want to make sure the monster doesn't make the game not fun.
0: yeah. I think a good example of that uh, that I know personally is uh, in Giant Slayer 1, for instance, you fight uh, I think it's a ghost or something like that later on, and ghosts and corporeal creatures uh, at early levels aren't very fun, yeah, because you don't have magic, you don't have a whole lot of magic items and stuff like that, so, I mean, I purposely included a ghost touch dagger early on, you know, it's it's about understanding what your players have and what they're capable of facing. You don't want to make it too easy for them, obviously, but you don't want to make it impossible, because Impossible, it's not fun. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and you could also do something with um, kind of telegraphing things. Like, you put the ghost mm-hmm. touch dagger, a ghost touch dagger normally in like a first level adventure that's crazy good treasure. You yeah, I wouldn't really give that nice, out. Yeah. But if you give it out at first level, the players who are going to be metagaming this whole thing are going to be, Why is this? Why are you giving out so <laughs> many uh, anti toxins? Why are you giving out so many ghost touch daggers? And mm-hmm. even if you don't put ghosts or giant snakes in your adventure you kind of set up, you kind of play with that expectation. So, um, I think, uh, yeah, so, we think we should maybe try to get like a few just yeah. visual ideas that we can yeah.
3: use for, for the second half here. So yeah. I think maybe we can do some lightning round okay. bits here. Uh, so, I think wonderful audience if you would uh, give us maybe like a two or three word like physical feature like long grasping tentacle or something yeah. like that well mm-hmm. I'll start jotting these down <laughs> yeah. and then we'll go through and then get some other ideas and then we'll start mashing those together in the yes. next half math lips lips. all right so if anyone has any any of those physical features yeah let's keep yeah. it to like two or three right. words mm. projector eyes mm. projector eyes mm. and mm. you know what you can feel free to throw out things like that you're like I don't know exactly what that means <laughs> right here. Oozing
2: pinchers. Oozing <laughs> pinchers. Uh, over
3: here. Nested mouths like a lamprey. Oh, Nested mouths. Gross. Uh,
6: spindly appendages.
3: Spindly appendages. Probably the
2: worst combination of words. <laughs> it works. Uh, completely smooth. No hair. Oh. <laughs> You're getting nightmares already? Yeah, as a hair suit man, I'm like, oh.
4: ugh. <laughs> Uh, ridge spines. Ridge spines. Alright.
3: Shooting
2: quills. Yeah, yeah. quills. yeah,
5: Slick. Slick. Just, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's certain words <laughs> you can drop in.
2: Moist.
5: Damn. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no direct eye contact. Oh, No,
3: no direct eye contact. <laughs> Are going to say no right direction? <laughs>
6: Venom spit.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. To Jurassic that. Park. Again. <laughs> nice. Pupilless. Oh.
3: Okay. Uh, who's got... I'm gonna just write down things like tentacles are fine, <laughs> big
0: mouths, paper cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well,
1: if, uh, if backwards feet.
0: Backwards feet. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah.
1: What monster is that? That's awful of backwards speed <laughs> Buddha I think or Debut or
0: oh, Rakshasa, Rakshasa. Oh, Rakshasa. Yeah. so um
1: okay we got some physical
3: features um name uh one of the abilities that another monster already had like compression whatever that you like that might be fun to throw into I mean you wanted to see more
0: of it
1: like engulf or swallow holes stuff like that what's your favorite monster special attack yeah
0: mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Red. red red okay <laughs> tear up yeah
5: Grab.
3: classic Swallow. 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 Yep. <laughs> uh, got it.
5: I like ones that are blind but have like tremor sense. Tremor oh, sense yeah, or so yeah. other
3: senses. Yeah. Okay.
5: Hip, hypnotize. No. Hypnosis. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pole.
1: Pole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one that doesn't get used that yeah, much Yeah, bring bringing
3: people closer. Yeah <laughs> Oh, he oh, scratched no. the face.
1: <laughs> <Big> scratch <laughs> attack. <laughs> I, I thought it sounded like Goblin
0: Dogs had that, like, nasty... Oh, like yeah. oh, yeah. the yeah. that they have. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's danders.
2: Yeah, danders. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Um, how about, then, an environment where you might find a monster?
6: Mangrove swamp.
2: Mm. What was that? Mangroves. Mangrove. Mangrove swamp.
1: Okay. It's very nice. Yeah, it's definitely monsters. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Underground. Underground. <laughs> yeah. I
6: was gonna build off that like a coastal fjord.
1: Oh, fjord. A tomb. Hot springs. Hot springs. <laughs> I have a side note story
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, to tell, real quick about gross monsters and hot springs. Um, <laughs> so I grew up uh, Northern California. In the forest, in the woods, there's rivers. There's right down the hill is ten mile. Uh, this this river that actually runs along the uh, San Andreas Fault, and uh, there's a couple of hot springs because obviously it's a fault line. It's got tectonic stuff going on. Uh, the hot springs are a pretty good hike up in up the river and all that. Uh, once you get there, they're pretty cool because you could just like sit in the hot spring and get all like toasty and they smell like sulfur, which is kind of gross. But then you jump into the river and it, you know it's just it's 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 a fun day trip. Um, I was on, a, and just upriver from the Hot Springs, there's sort of like these, these my first rapids, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you get in an inner tube and you go down the rapids and you like, ah, it's, it's exciting. I got slammed up against the side of these, this rock on the side of the river and I thought it was covered with mud. And so I was like, slop up against the rock and I was like, oh, whatever. And then I get out of the river and I'm going to go back up the river. And I looked down at my arm and what I thought was mud was just some sort of worm it was just like these oh. larvae was just a swath along oh. my arm that was just all squirming and oh. Oh. <laughs> so yeah monsters don't have to be big that goes That's back so to the swarm thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh.
1: trauma yeah, uh.
2: Uh. <laughs> any, Osprey, yeah.
0: <laughs> any other environments
3: people want to see I mean it's a fantasy setting you can yeah. go to
5: yeah right here yeah
3: go ahead you. Oh, right
5: okay. There. <laughs> uh, on your roof. On your oh, roof. roof. So that's pretty I'd, good. Uh, at like home. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Scariest monster ball. <bomb. laughs> Astroplane. There you
0: go. There
5: we yeah. go. Inside of corpses. Oh. oh what oh, that Similar to
2: like on your roof, but actually like on the ceiling. Oh, oh the
3: ceiling. The ceiling. also yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. Like drink inside
0: spotting. of corpses. Yeah. <laughs> oh thanks.
2: <laughs>
0: in a
1: Yeah.
5: Mushroom forest. Mushroom forest. <laughs> they <didn't>
2: like
1: <laughs> where, they, where they live, not what they are.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: uh, let see, what else can we read? Oh, yeah. They use, what um, do they eat? Yeah. Do they, ah. Yes, like what are they prey or what are they hunted by? Yeah. Mm, uh, people. People, uh, people. The classic monster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some low-hanging fruit, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
6: Um, abstract things. Like either magic or specific qualities, like it feeds on logic and things start getting more surreal and causality breaks down, it feeds on hope, it feeds Hmm. on youth. Some
0: phantom toll booth, like uh, subtraction soup kind of stuff. Yeah.
4: Um, (laughs) Filter feeder. Filter, filter.
2: Oh yeah, oh. baleen. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's scary if you're like krill uh-huh. or if they are really big.
5: It feeds on the pets, but they've been increasing in size.
0: Oh, like uh, that's like a little house, little shop of horrors kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Like like the pet starts out. Like, oh, so, so, okay. And then then a cat and then a dog. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm,
0: oh, yeah, acid. 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 That's pretty good. Eats acid? Yeah, why not? <coughs> I like those water bears thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, Played
4: off of that, pickles its food. Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's, 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 that's a good uh, segue.
1: I, we'll get yes. you real quick. Just dissolves externally. so yeah. it, melts um, it melts it down and slurps it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's one thing you can do with monsters, too, is, is uh, you mentioned pickles its food. Mm-hmm. Uh, just have them do like sort of like, if it's a monster but it does something like, or even like cans as food, like if you have an ogre that like makes to catch halflings and make canned halfling or something like that, <laughs> that's kind of messed up. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, I think so. you had one. Oh, I was going to say, because you were asking what what eats it, yeah. what it mm-hmm. eats,
6: so I was thinking
3: giant insects. Giant insects yeah. could be either direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> giant insects.
0: Ah, oh, I got it. I mean, it's, uh, well, when's it? When's it come out? I mean, yeah, yeah r- it, rainy it, morning. I don't know. So Only on the solstice of the yeah. third. <laughs> oh yeah, cycle. yeah. Eclipse is spooky. Yeah. Stephen King stuff. Right I night. Yeah. It yeah. comes <laughs> out at <laughs> night. Easy <laughs> enough. Night. Before yeah.
3: volcanic eruption.
0: Oh. Before an eruption. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> on your birthday, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually great. That there's, that's a silly
2: that's there's
0: a great uh, birthday there's a great web comic that send I'll never forget. I, s- I send it around every birthday. Uh, Today's my birthday. It, oh,
2: it, <laughs>
0: no, I, and then and then death just marks. Uh-huh. The uh Right? right yeah. Uh, like, the counter. Yeah, yeah. There's a comic that's like a skeleton that rises up. It's like, what do you want for? Your, oh. what's what's this birthday? <laughs> what, what do you want for your birthday? An uh, Xbox. An Xbox. Yeah. This pact has been sealed. <laughs> <laughs> this is like oh child um,
3: so uh, a lot of these are more just like animalistic bestial creatures but we also have things like devils who offer who contracts are... what yeah. kind of more intelligent things might Ooh. it do uh, you know it pick like, it needs a bit of intelligence to be doing <laughs> stuff know, like that, that. Yeah.
5: insurance <laughs> <laughs> uh, it helps lost travelers it helps lost travelers those your darkest secrets, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> secrets.
0: <laughs>
5: offers a wish back, back there
0: Ooh, back there pink shirt
6: fertility of humans <laughs> and livestock in return for favors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What could go
2: wrong? <laughs> as long as you give it that first child. Tell
5: me about it.
1: It's it's I. We do Starfinder as well, so it's like, that opens up an entire new, like, window of... Yeah, Yeah,
3: like, uh,
1: McCain shows up and is
3: collecting on a debt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but he,
1: like, collects taxes, and there was something earlier that somebody said,
3: uh... life insurance. Yeah, self insurance. insurance. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. insurance Mm
1: -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, That's one of the things that really appeals to me about the fact that Starfinder has got all sorts of different options for your players and all that, but it's also like... This is a monster that haunts billboards or something like that. <laughs> this is a creature that um, uh, eats, uh, like, uh, I don't know, eats stuff off of your computer yeah, and batteries, batteries and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. You can plug it's It eats furniture from the bones of its prey. Oh, that's pretty. Really? Good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sells it at the <laughs> farmers market. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, back there. Uh, enslaves people to do its dirty work. Oh. Sure. yeah.
4: Does uh, dirty work for other people? <laughs> <laughs> Does dirty. Yeah, go ahead. Can
5: tell the future, but only says things that
2: will lead to tragedy. Oh, um,
1: that's a good monster. Four times. That's a good monster.
3: That's good. Uh, way back there.
5: Uh, life insurance made me think
2: of
1: this. Maybe it brings you back if you die, but maybe not quite right. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Or, or against eight. your will. Yeah, that's It means you for like a science experiment?
2: All right. This is really mm.
1: okay,
2: that's, <laughs> awesome. oh, we did it. We did it to <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. All
3: right. Mm-hmm. Um, get one more of these. If you have an idea. Exanguinates. Cut them. A
2: mm-hmm. coven. Yeah, see, that's good. But that's a great example, actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: there are certain abilities that um, monsters have that, you know, they, they show up in the universe monster rules, or they're, they're, they're shared between a specific type. Um, but, you know, coven's always something you give, like, hags and witches, yeah. but if you give it to, like, a, maybe a, a spooky evil tree monster, that gives that creature a really unusual niche and role Whereas if you have, like, a game filled already for... Well, looking at, like, the game already has lots of, like, zombies. It's got ghouls, zombies, all of these different types of, like, things. But if you come up with one that is, like... This one could be in a coven, all of a sudden that makes that monster feel like it's got its own sort of niche, even though everything else in this may be just the same as a zombie.
0: Synergy is yeah. super fascinating. Monsters that feed off each other, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it creates weird relationships that on, alone, you know, they might be a CR2, or whatever, or, yeah. you know, level two, but then when they're together, they're they're greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like a monster that maybe uh, uh, causes something to be immune to fire. If it lives with trolls, it makes yeah. the trolls harder to kill and so forth. So forth. Mm hmm. Right, we got a f- <coughs> enough time to get just a few
3: more things in. I'm going to ask for a spell name that you think would be great for a monster to use. Mm. So we give them spell-like abilities or sometimes effects that replicate other things. Yeah, so, yeah I'm going to write Zone of Truth, because that's always fun. Zone <laughs> zone. <laughs> yeah, uh, Contact Other Plane. Contact Other Plane. Brings friends over. Yep. <laughs> Meteor Swarm.
2: <laughs>
3: sure.
5: Dream. Mm. Yep. I like things with movement like dimension
3: door teleport. Mm. Yeah. Uh, time shutter. Time shutter. Mm. Deep deep cut. Deep uh, any other You can do augury,
6: take the
3: And what else? Okay, then uh, I think we'll get that last
0: one.
6: Prismatic spray. Always great fun to set against a party, especially if they like to stay packed together. Of course.
0: (laughs) Now, one last thing. Name a household item. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, table, meat, Same water, bottle, right down, cup
0: yeah, Kitchen aid <laughs> uh,
3: I think that's uh, yeah. a good spot to take a break here right, Before we do take that's a
2: break, good. I want
1: to hold this up For everyone yeah. to check out what Wayne has come up with so far uh, it Seems pretty gross and creepy And yeah. distorted <laughs> Sort of something that's it's. How to get across its its like mental abilities. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened to kind of what it you were like all you you saying said. and then just did a did an amalgamation of it and, and, and I gave you chalk for tea. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad. She's> really <laughs> wonderful. Nice.
3: So if we wanna all meet back here at five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. We'll five. Five. Oh,
0: sounds good. good? Do that. Mm-hmm. You want a beer or you drink? <laughs>
2: That's good. I did
0: you want, yeah? Oh goodness! I Space dust. I can't do another because I'm, like, oh. like I'm
2: like. That's
1: like eight percent. That's good. Can wait
0: till after. Okay. Yeah, let's get beers after. That's be good. Hot springs. Yeah. Good call. Run out. Yeah. So, like, good call, Hot Springs. Hot springs. Uh, sort of. <laughs> 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 I was thinking Waterparks. Yeah, yeah like, we just uh, yeah, so, I pretty 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 much,
2: uh, so, but I don't think you really spoke beyond. Hi, nice to meet you. Hey, great. Yeah, how's
3: the con going? What games have you gotten into? Yeah, how many games have you played,
2: Shannon? First thing I attended.
0: I dragged into it. I was like, let's get beers, and then I was
1: like, no, I
2: here.
0: I uh, so you're.
3: With me at when I was really going to go Uh She wouldn't she'd be like, oh let's go to Seattle while I go hang out with other people and you go to the con. Yeah,
2: yeah. So cool. She would always come to the end. Yeah, cool. Like, yeah, chat good.
3: with like, oh. officer, oh, I was I was was, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can Hold on. Uh, and then have
0: had to sit around it's uh, three hours it's while all the announcements. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sales pitch Yeah. Shannon ducked out on that one. I had other plans. <laughs> yeah. Hang out with yeah.
2: other people. It was
0: pretty funny at points. Rob was pretty funny.
3: Yeah, uh, Jason's Jason, good. Jason, I think, was a bit flustered in a mate for funny times. That was funny. Yeah, he didn't want to be funny,
0: but he was funny. <laughs>
5: but yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, we're just the funniest. Uh, it is the funniest, yeah. If you're going to be yeah. heading out. Is it okay for basketball? Just do some good prime yeah. room, though. Was, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm
1: coming with all kinds of
3: Yeah. Get yeah. yeah. that
0: prime room. What about yeah. we, did we did classic Missouri. 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 Pie. I have a and like, pie was. are Instead like, of pie. <laughs> pie. Pie, pie. pie The pie's a pie Spindly <laughs> Kind of just Yes Boopy <laughs> yeah. <pie>. pickles. <laughs> pickles. Uh-huh. apples, Pickles
1: uh-huh. Apples like something that Um oh. We really want apples,
0: we Christ Almighty. <laughs> it oh, is a whole <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah. we want
5: to it. take find a bathroom.
0: Bathroom is <laughs> like oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. a good
1: cool. idea, actually. So, yeah. That's what oh, I'm doing. Of, I'm yep. That's gonna really something that I can see the nature Meteor Swarm. You know, you see that, and you like, that is a Pathfinder. Right, exactly. The Pathfinder So it builds the brand at the same point. Somewhere in the world, Meteor Swarm. Takes it away from like
5: what you expect and the gives grid. sort of a new spin. Right. right. Yeah, sure. right. The new kobolds, the yeah. and and the, all of fun the, yeah. the new goblins. Yeah. You know, it's just this very iconic look. <laughs> um, I mean, um, before, before the goblins. Thanks,
4: Twain. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> <then> that's <laughs> the your, your sponge, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
4: the bath sponge. Yeah. That's I didn't right. hear you know. that part. No way. Sorry. What is the sponge? That's how the goblins look. They did bats because the bath I right. got an oval shaped sponge yeah. and I just messed around in the bath and I kind of folded it in that's half that's half funny and I'm like, wait I'm going to so the it. mouth <laughs> <coming out. laughs> and, uh, and I thought oh wow if that, if that had teeth that's awesome.
0: Scary.
4: So, and that's how the goblins kind of came that's about. It's a it's a oval sponge folded in half. Like that's awesome. And that's one of the things. Like yeah. uh, when we started talking about like the hobgoblins and the bugbears, it's like
1: they're goblins too. So they should have
4: to yeah, stay sort of like yeah, squashed heads, but elongated or like broad shouldered Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they should they should look like they yeah. they belong to the sort of, like same yeah. species. Will you yeah. post yeah. a
6: photo yeah. of that on your?
4: Uh, yeah, we'll do something with this.
1: Um, I mean would it would be all right if I took a picture. We'll uh, we'll we'll do something with this at some point. But uh, yeah, at this point uh, it's, it's still it's still in, in chrysalis form. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, all right. See you around yeah. Yeah. have
4: a good time with the rest yeah, yeah. of the yeah. yeah. Oh. I hope the rest right. of the day is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it should Yeah, I'm yeah, good.
5: Make a hole. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much. I'll see you later. Yeah. Actually, hello. He doesn't need to be bathroom, mm-hmm. by the way. Anybody
1: here have a character get killed in a game here at PaizoCon yet? Nope.
5: We had our whole party get killed yesterday uh, <laughs> in a. No. Games, I got one so. shot by the ogre and the uh, PF. To delve. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Ogres will do that. I didn't even get to
5: roll initiative. That killed me. That no, it was Jason running the game? Uh, no, it was uh, Eric. Eric. So. Oh, that's. <laughs> most Jason of the Mont characters Flo. that
1: Jason has killed that I've played in his games are because they won initiative.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah. Glenn. I have three dying gray
1: orc gods, which I gather is par for the course for that game. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to come up and, and look a little, no, we can't take uh, pictures of sure. it at this point. But, but uh, um, yeah, this we'll we'll figure out something to do with this guy. Um, I uh, ran a couple of Call of Cthulhu games, like I was mentioned. I had one, <laughs> three people died in the one I was doing today, and four or six in the previous one. So uh, Wayne had to take off. So I think we're going to okay. focus more on like um, the the mechanical side of yeah, the crunchy poetry. stuff. Uh, we'll talk actually a little bit about uh, how 2nd edition monster creation and stuff works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to go into too deep, deep detail on yeah, that. Yeah,
0: Thacko, so... <laughs> 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 <Okay>. uh. <laughs> wrong 2nd edition. Oh, wrong 2nd edition,
2: right. <laughs> nice. Did
1: you kill any characters in games you were running yet? I was trying, man. <laughs> they're,
0: they're wily. Uh, yeah, almost killed the. Because I was running a game where players play undead. Uh-huh. So, yeah, one of them was a zombie. Almost uh-huh. killed the zombie. That was good. A giant zombie. The one. Actually, the one illustrated you probably saw at the banquet last night that was holding its arm or I whatever with its 100. guts hanging out. Yeah, oh yeah. That was fun playing a giant zombie.
4: Nice. But, nice. Yeah
0: they, uh, yeah, they ran up against a cleric and a paladin and. Uh, yeah, it's weird to be on the other side of that. They were saying, "Yeah, and they're like, oh god, <laughs> cleric." <laughs> it's usually a good thing. I know. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. Thanks to Jason in the banquet, I'll never be able to look at that. Oh, the Gilbrezu, I Yeah, I I yeah. Like, I, <laughs> that illustration is pretty
0: great. Yeah, if
1: that takes some of the uh, like you have tiny arms <laughs> 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 yeah. away from the tyrannosaurus, that's fine with me. That's
0: right. <laughs> Take some of that heat. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta share the burden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you not got any
0: PCs yet?
1: Uh, yeah, I killed. Uh, um, I killed. There was a harpooning in heart-toning. my uh, one Call of Cthulhu game. Nice. Uh, there was a worm ate somebody. a Giant worm. Uh-huh. Um, sp- th- <laughs> there was a uh, somebody got their hand chopped off by another player character. Oh god! Yeah, was like, yeah there were some incidents. Uh-huh. Got swooped up by the god in the sky. and, uh-huh. and Oh my! Uh, so Wayne had to take off. Mm. We're going to focus uh, away from like the visuals. Uh, are we ready to go? Back yeah. To go? Cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think we'll focus away from, like, the, the visual creations of monsters and now get into, like, how do you create monsters? Uh, I too. mean, we have He's, a template of
3: something to work off of. yeah. yeah, let's make this monster. If we wanted to make that or if we wanted
1: to go off of some of the ideas. I, I like the idea. I mean, we got this. This this is, like, two different ways of concepting monsters. Mm-hmm. You get something yeah, I mean, like this. That's I mean, true. You look at this thing, and uh, it kind of suggests It what's writes going itself, on. yeah. <laughs> like, it's obviously got some sort of weird... Mental powers. Uh, it's got like a reach thing with its arms, and it's got its chalk teeth. I don't know how that works. <laughs> is that a star? button? Uh, I mean, yeah, that, it's you, like it's thinking it's uh, like heaters uh, uh, warmed that, up. That's
3: your loot at the end. You your loot. Child chalk. That's right. You right. can go play hopscotch.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like
2: sidewalk right but I really like this with?
1: this method of yeah. uh, like uh-huh. kind of brainstorming monster parts mm-hmm. and then seeing what we can put together
3: yeah yeah so, I mean uh, we started with like a physical the physical features and stuff which mm-hmm. I mean it's very easy to see with something like that but yeah. when we say something like nested mouse that could be you know the typical alien like a thing comes out mm-hmm. or it could be several mouse yeah. in there and uh if if we work with something like Lots and lots of mouths. Suddenly, you know that that is ripe for ideas. Like, what kind of abilities does it have? Mm-hmm. Like, does it bite you and grab you, and then bite your friend and grab you,
0: and bite your other friend and grab you, and keep right and just hold on to everyone, mm-hmm. or, or stuff like or that. Or maybe like the first attack, you know, bite attack, one d6, two d6, three yeah. d. You know, as yeah.
3: you go deeper, yeah. Going. Yeah. Uh, I like the uh, no direct eye contact
2: because
3: mm. uh, that could suggest a lot of different things. I mean, we have blind sight, uh-huh.
1: things like that. So, who was it that had the, uh, the no direct eye contact did? That
0: was a good one, yeah.
1: Because um, there's a couple ways I can see that happening. Obviously, it's like, it's got a gaze attack, and, and the no direct eye contact is on the players. Uh-huh. And so you don't want to look at it, because it's like, if you look at it, it'll turn you inside out, uh-huh. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you can flip it on the head, that you know, funny. and if it's the creature that doesn't want to be, yeah, it doesn't yeah. look at you, and, and maybe nervous. that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. It, it, it could very
3: well be like that's its weakness. If you find a way to lock eyes with it, then it like
1: might freeze in place. Uh-huh. I feel that, yeah. There was some movie or video game or story or something. Super Mario Ghosts? That what now, I mean that might be the same that's thing. But it was close, the case of, like, as long as you're looking at the yeah. creature... Oh, a, you know, like the leaping angels from Doctor Who. Have uh, that, kind that might of stuff. be what I'm thinking about. Oh. Oh. So
6: like the stone statues. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there ghost.
1: was a, another story by Fritz Leiber, uh, who ever, a lot of people know as like the Gray Master, and the Gray Mouser, But he wrote a lot of cool horror stories. There's one called Smoke Ghost, and the idea there was like, what would a ghost, you know, you see all the ghost stories of, of like the haunted house, and they're like in this old Victorian mansion and something. This was basically what would a ghost in a city that is just overrun with pollution look like? Mm-hmm. And it was this guy that would like ride around on this train and he'd see this sort of ghost made out of smoke like seven buildings over like lurking on the roof and then the next time his train went by it was six buildings close, and then five buildings and four buildings. Yeah. And it was this weird sort of like progression of it, it just came closer the more often he saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was the Weeping Angel. It was the same idea. Yeah.
0: yeah. Was it a, a, it's been, it's
5: been done a few times.
0: birdhouse or something like that? Or bird box? Bird box? <laughs> <or something? laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: remember. So it's but like, it's, it's a
5: cool idea. SCP containment breach. There was a Might monster in that it's,
1: it's all over the, the Same thing. SCP yeah. stuff is. It, oh,
5: that's <laughs> good.
1: Oh, man. <laughs>
3: Check that out, by the way, if you have the, the, the SCP. Google maybe. SCP. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, just, uh, it's,
1: uh, the bloody disgust. Uh, this uh, horror movie website, bloodydisgusting.com, uh-huh. has just started up a podcast where they are going, Basically going them, through going through, it. Going through them oh. I want to make you sort of like radio dramas about them oh, oh that's very yeah. it's at, uh, anyone uh, here that doesn't know about them it's, it's sort of this sort of creepypasta so, sort of thing where yeah, it's, it's like, like community, community like, inspiration uh-huh. inspired like a, us like
0: it's like a wiki right yeah, yeah. but you can just contribute your own uh, yeah anybody can,
1: the idea is like uh, sir, well, SCP stands for uh, something yeah. compa- contain contain protect search contain protect mm. secure contain, secure, protect. Yeah, secure yeah secure contain protect and the idea is that there are these dangerous things that they catch and then put in like this Ark of the covenant type yeah. thing of the of raiders of the lost ark and yeah, they yeah, all X-Files-y. have like, you know, yeah. yeah, x slenderman types
2: anyway mm. great it's time. it's great great <laughs> way to to, to dive yeah. in
3: and find monster ideas I can't um, remember my favorite one yet but um, so we have I think one that I might go well with trying to avoid eye contact would be backwards feet. Ooh, Maybe yeah. this is the creature that, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. half of it is, like, uh-huh. trying to move away constantly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. noises backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ten different um, eye stalks in so the Aldo, just look away from yeah, yeah, something like Tries that. Uh, <laughs> or the the pupilist thing might work well with that. Like,
1: one uh, of the, so I mean, I, I'm I kind of stuck on this avoiding eye contact. One of the things that's <laughs> is this really intriguing to me there is um, it's a monster that introduces a, a new gameplay element into, into mm-hmm. the encounters. Okay. So, like, um, if, how many people here have had a chance to play uh, the second edition uh, Pathfinder or demo it? Or anybody in here? Fair amount, Sid. You know how the, the game basically works. Everybody has three actions. And, uh, you know, you can stab three times, or you can move, stab, move, or whatever. It's really a, a really elegant system uh, now of, of what you can do on your turn. And so a monster like this, you could give it like this weakness that if uh, you manage to establish eye contact with it, uh, it can't <coughs> move, it can't take stride actions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it'd be interesting to do that in a way where it's like as long as one player character gives up their action, they can rob this creature's ability to move around. And uh, it gives you a new resource that works specifically for this creature.
5: Mm-hmm. This could be like a pack... Animal kind of thing where if you're looking at it, it has to like stop or freeze, mm-hmm. but it comes at your party in like enough numbers that you, not everyone's going to be able oh, to yeah. like, keep an eye on one. That's
0: yeah, it plays into kind of the swarm idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So you maybe want to try to
3: start building off of something like that. And... Yeah, yeah. All right. So I mean, it obviously has some way of seeing. Yeah. Um, beyond just that, it has sight. I mean, yep. so. Uh what beyond like freezing and what other things might it be trying to avoid looking at you for? Like um I mean there are things in mythology where people see themselves in a the mirror, like monsters see themselves in a the mirror and they mm. like Medusa mm, freezes herself no. or Holy turns symbol, herself maybe. to stone. What's that? Holy symbols. Holy symbols, stuff symbol. like that, yeah. It's
1: yeah, that's interesting. Um I mean if this creature were undead. Mm-hmm. Maybe what it does when it the whole there's not a whole story, like the eye is the window to your soul. Yeah. And so maybe if you make eye contact with this thing, you can it basically sees your life inside mm-hmm. of your, your you know, your soul inside of this eye and it, it freezes because it can't it remembers it remembers when it remembers was, when like. it was yeah. alive yeah. And, and something like that. Uh-huh. Maybe it
5: only has one eye, and that's why when making eye contact like you're trying to make eye contact with just
3: the one. <laughs> um I think playing off that that pack idea, perhaps it has too many eyes, um, oh, yeah. and like one person isn't enough to to freeze it in place. Yeah, and like you have to surround it in some way or something uh-huh. like that would be kind of fun. Like like you were saying, these are pretty interesting inspirations for mechanics themselves. That yeah, um, sometimes we can easily just grab. An existing mechanic from something else, mm-hmm. like oh, this thing grabs, this thing swallows whole, mm-hmm. whatever the case might be. But also using this uh, as a way to carve out new, interesting things. Especially with uh, second edition, we want a lot of our monsters to have just more interesting stuff beyond. It's got a plus fourteen to hit. Yeah. Uh, so this this in in a way becomes. A puzzle more than anything else. Yeah.
0: If we do it something yeah. like that, I wonder if maybe it has an ability that augments, like it can spit acid and blind you, or something like that. Oh, yeah. to try to counteract. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that way. way. <laughs> maybe it sprays acid all over the mm-hmm. place or something. Yeah.
1: Um, another thing too, when you when you give a monster something like this, it's it's got a uh, exploitable weakness. Mm. Um, you generally want to make sure that it's, it's strong in other ways. Uh, one of the you mentioned puzzle monsters, and the Rakshasa is a, a classic mm-hmm. example of a puzzle monster. Like everybody knows now, uh, the Rakshasa, um, aside from being something that looks like your friend until you know
2: it's, <laughs> like, <"Rise!"> <laughs> <laughs> <So> it's not, <laughs>
1: um, the whole thing with the Rakshasa in early the early edition of the game was I forget exactly how it worked in the first edition D anD D, but it was I think if you, they had like crazy high magic resistance. So you could barely hurt them with magic. They had, like, you had to have a plus three weapon to even hope to hurt them and then maybe you did, like, minimum damage or something like that. But if you shoot them with a blessed crossbow bolt, it kills them. and They they automatically are slain by blessed crossbow bolt. And the tricky part was the monster description didn't describe how a blessed crossbow bolt could be made. There was not really a mechanic in the game. There's the spell blessed, but you cast that on a person, not on a crossbow bolt, so... It's like, I've always confused me. It's like, oh, how, how do you find a blessed crossbow bolt? Uh-huh. It's obviously instant kill against this creature. But um, that's a that's case where the monsters are really easy to get weakness, assuming you can find a blessed crossbow bolt. You just one shot it, um, but it's otherwise really hard to kill. Vampires are another example. They're, um, they've got the ability to like, control your mind by looking at you. Uh, if you kill them they go into smoke and they go hide and come back and get you again yeah. uh, they drain your life by touching you they drain your blood by biting you uh, they command rats and bats they've got all of these powers um, but they've also got these like really obvious weaknesses uh, the more you read about them I like switching them out like, rather than mm. saying a vampire's uh, afraid of running water maybe the vampire's um, afraid of uh, walking into circular rooms or something mm, like that yeah. so But um, it's a really fun way to give monsters, like, kind of make them into little puzzles that your characters can then sort out. And then they shift, once they figure them out, they shift from a puzzle monster into something uh, more of like that's their theme, and and you can build, like, entire uh, encounters out of it. And uh, you could do something like. Oh, I don't know. You'd have like have maybe uh, a fortress that is besieged by this undead. Maybe they have like lots of realistic paintings of people like looking out of the walls, so that the monsters are like maybe kind of mm-hmm. put off by these. Uh, so many eyes. Yeah, yeah, and it
0: would it would play into, I mean, uh, the yellow wallpaper kind yeah. of thing. It would play <laughs> into its environment, right? Like, you wouldn't find this monster in a house of mirrors, obviously, because um, yeah. it would be hard to not maintain eye contact or make eye contact. An exactly. open field, probably better. Yeah. Um, but an even busier, you know... uh a cramped a, quarter might yeah, be tougher. Like to a do. first world. It's kind of like everything's morphing. There's many things to look at besides this monster. would be oh, where distractions. Yeah, long long yeah, would be where it thrives. (laughs) Right, or maybe we create prismatic sprays that it's just like, yeah, check this out, don't look at me. You know, uh, it it plays abilities play in the environment a lot. Yeah,
5: Yeah. well, there was a mention of the projector eyes. Oh, oh, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What What does does that
0: even mean? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
6: when you make eye contact with one of the eyes or whatever it is, then it's like projecting something else onto a wall somewhere else to distract you or. That's
2: interesting. That's yeah. interesting.
0: It's like,
6: like showing your thoughts. On mm. the
2: thoughts mm.
0: can you can see something only when you make eye contact with the sure. maybe, perhaps. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe this has become a quest more so than uh-huh. anything else. If yeah. you want it to,
3: like, find the truth within your soul, and uh-huh. it can only do that by getting direct eye contact. Mm-hmm. And it's now the MacGuffin that you're trying to get after. Oh, that's an
1: interesting way to look at it. So, like, rather than the monster isn't. Like impacted by making eye contact, but it's like if you can make eye contact with uh, this dragon or you get whatever, get of some kind. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you can hold eye contact, you know you're not attacking it, you're you're not defending yourself, you're mm-hmm. staring at it. And you can maintain that long enough. Maybe you get a, a treasure that's actually
2: yeah. uh,
3: There's some detriment to holding eye contact. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Maybe the
6: mental thing is like a two way street, and it's slowly like the more you look into it, like you go like insane or something. Yeah. Or true. yeah, like you enough. become you,
0: the monster. You switch places. Yeah. yeah you're switch. the whole time. Capture <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 your soul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So like in first edition,
2: something.
1: Uh, first edition, that would be that would have been modeled by like losing your like intelligence drain, or wisdom drain, or drainage. drain. And second edition doesn't really have that sort of mechanic in it. It's got conditions, so you get yeah. like the yeah. stupefaction one, yeah, two, that kind of d- stuff, yeah stupefied. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, starts yeah. building on yeah. conditions. There's a, there's a newer condition in the final <laughs> rules that
3: is always fun to use called doomed. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> doomed. Uh, so the longer you hold, maybe the further your doom progresses. Because oh. once it hits doom four, you. You, you, die. you die. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, or you uh, die automatically, or is it? <coughs> no, I, I think. Or I think once it hits Doom, doom Five, I think doom you, Five, whatever right. one more than your dying threshold, right? Like right. it, it kills you. Like that's that's your fate. Oh, well, that's, that's yeah, slowly going that's away. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting if maybe like you need to, or even use that as a, a way to pull something out of you. If some like uh-huh. some villain has done something to your brain, you can. Use whatever this creature is to help pull that out yeah. or recover lost knowledge. Maybe it can project the last. Vision or uh, the last things oh. that a, a creature has, has seen, so So you take a, a corpse to it
1: oh, interesting. and you oh.
3: try to keep the corpse's eyes in <laughs> yeah, the yeah. line yeah. and see the
0: last moments of, of whoever dies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and but it, if you stare too long, then you become the next corpse. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doom.
1: Doom. There's this um, this really awesome horror movie called Horror Express. It's got a goofy title. Horror Express. Horror Express. <laughs> horror Express. Uh, it's about um, a, a group of, of of British explorers who find a, basically a caveman frozen in the ice oh, and yeah. they like load him onto a train and they'd go in for it's in Siberia and they're going across Siberia and of course it starts thawing out <laughs> and this creature's got this ability to basically it locks eye contact with people and it does exactly that, it swaps its consciousness into you and then your mm-hmm. consciousness goes into the dead body and you're dead and then it kind of jumps from person to person and the only way you can tell that it's it's what it is, I, if I remember correctly, it's like your eyes kind of go milky white when you are possessed or, or containing this this entity, and um, it's a uh, a really it's a really cool movie. Um, it has a kind of a goofy element to it, where they they manage to get a hold of one of the bodies that it used to be in, and they. Do like I forget exactly how they do it, but they do some sort of operation on the thing's eye, and they're able to put it under a microscope, and they see images of its past life, hmm. and so they can like look through deeper, deeper, in the eye. and that's how they tell that it's been alive for so long because they see pictures of dinosaurs inside its eyes or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but the idea of, that it's able to extract like images and stuff like that is, is, is interesting.
0: I think that's a good like uh, representation of how you can make a monster into a whole adventure. Like you were yeah. saying, you know, puzzle monsters, that kind of thing. Yeah. You could pull that straight out for Starfinder, obviously. they yeah. you know, They look right in the eye, or you know, maybe they take out the eye in Pathfinder and put it in some kind of augury formula or something. You know, there's a question: yeah. if a
1: monster has yeah. that ability, would it be able to like transmit it through like a videotape or something like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Starts getting into ring gear. Yeah. The- uh, yeah. Can make some money off. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're getting a Skype from
3: the Projector Eyes Monster. Yeah. Just, just yeah. decline <laughs> yeah, Just,
1: just <laughs>
5: activate
4: your screensaver. <laughs> yeah. Not a good. Um, All right.
3: So I think we got some cool abilities that we can expand yeah. on. or Like n- n- nail down a bit later, but you were trying to decide maybe where would it live? You know, maybe more psychedelic region, like the, the first world would be interesting. I, you know, maybe like a cramped cave where you can't escape its gaze and it, it wants to get at your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else might something like this hang out? Or, I mean, if it, if it can see you through mirrors, a maze of mirrors might be the worst place to meet it.
5: Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, interesting. I feel like the labyrinth-type labyrinth area type. would be a place where this thing would be at the center of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Also, for some reason, th- came to mind um, if it tries to dominate you just to maintain eye contact with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know,
1: um, interesting. If,
3: if it's more of a quest monster that you're trying to reach and achieve, it might be in a you know, locked away in the depths of a temple, mm-hmm. you know, like, like any other
1: treasure. So, yeah. mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and that's that's also... A quest monster uh, is the type of thing that... That's, that's a perfectly viable type of creature. Not every creature you want to build is something that you want to be able to use over and over and over and over. Um, and in fact, the more monsters you create... The more important these really, uh, almost one-shot creatures become, mm-hmm. because um, they allow you to do new things with the storyline uh, that you haven't really done before, and you don't really a monster like this where it's like if you look into its eyes, it'll it'll extract like your memories and undo like mental trauma or something like that. <coughs> um, it's it's like puzzle monsters. You don't really get to use them more than once without the the novelty of what they can do wearing off. So.
0: I think there's a couple like
1: uh, recently
0: like video games that do this super mm-hmm. well like Dark Souls I know you uh, yeah. uh, dive on a lot and uh, you know that's awesome because these boss monsters are you know you'll never see them again they're so random and weird uh-huh. and there's only like a, one or two ways to defeat them or whatever and you die over and over again trying to figure it out mm-hmm. um, obviously in Pathfinder you probably don't want to die over and over again <laughs> just trying to figure it out. but you know uh, you probably do investigations trying okay. to you know uh, building up the excitement. Uh, leading up to the final confrontation is uh, is the journey, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what else did we write down? Uh,
3: what it might feed on, I don't you know, know. like, and it sounds like memories are sold or souls oh, or something yeah. like that is probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Primo
1: territory for that. Yeah, definitely something that like consumes memories and maybe it, it can't.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. One thing. Uh, I picked up on in creative writing classes was uh, contradictions versus complications when it comes to characterization. Uh, boy, that's a heady sentence, but uh, uh, you know, so uh, a contradiction for this monster would be, you know, it stares at you and steals your memories and stuff, but it eats cupcakes. You know, it's like, okay, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. That's you know, but a, a complication would be, you know, it eats memories, but it can't eat memories of people who are super feel. Guilty, or have a lot of shame, or something like that. You know, that's a complication. It's not something that contradicts itself. Uh, it's something that uh, it's a wrinkle. Yeah, it's a wrinkle, right? So uh, those uh, often make really three-dimensional monsters, right? Because it's like, oh, it steals your memories all the time. Except if your memory is of something happy, you know, or something like that. It only steals, uh, you know, sad people's memories or something. That would be a weird monster, but um, yeah. 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 But yeah.
1: it's it's also it's it's in my head, kind of building an entire adventure out of this creature. I, I'm envisioning this this weird sort of like kind of sad monster that lives in the middle of a labyrinth and it's got like maybe all eyes all around his head and they're all blinking and red. <laughs> but um and it's it's just every it just can't Eat memories from you if you're sad, or if, or if, or if certain types of events have happened.
3: Yeah. Or if you're afraid.
2: Or if you're afraid. Like
3: I think that might be even. Yeah. Harder. Oh, that's you're good. Afraid of this thing. And so they,
0: yeah. then the complication is it wants to comfort you, make you not afraid. So that can eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I was also thinking like something like if you're afraid or something like that, maybe the the adventure is that you have to go through a bunch of in Trials. order to get to it, you have to make sure that you've got. X number of failed saving throws against fear Fear, or yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, yeah.
0: That brings it around the mechanics, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, obviously, this monster probably wouldn't want to be surrounded by uh, undead and stuff that causes right. fear. Maybe it doesn't like undead. Maybe it goes with you and helps you. It's like, yeah, let's yeah. go eradicate these zombies so that you're not freaked out anymore and then I can eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's a weird monster. cool monster. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
3: um... I guess going back to abilities, like this is just more of a design philosophy thing. If, if you're designing abilities for monsters, like th- this thing is, like the entire focus is this one unique ability. But we have um, other monsters where, like, you know, they have the new owlbear screech, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these are uh, meant to happen maybe once or twice in an encounter. If you're designing a monster, make sure you're not this one big thing. is the entire encounter. Mm-hmm. But make sure you're not overloading. Monster if the Owlbear suddenly had a screech and then it had a charge and it could fly and then it, it could uh, you know do six other things mm-hmm. those are suddenly you know two thirds of those are useless because a combat is four rounds yeah, yeah. usually make sure you're 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 designing stuff in with that in mind if it has one really cool ability and like a supplement like a movement ability mm-hmm. or something a like backup that, is good um, yeah. those tend to, to help out like you know, or just one offense one defense kind of thing those are mm-hmm. sounds important. like you should
2: have dimensional door.
0: Dimensional lore
2: that would be good actually. Yeah, I mentioned this that
3: monster. as one of the yeah. yeah,
0: that makes sense for this monster because it's like, oh, I'm looking at you, and I shouldn't be. You know, I'm just gonna swap places real quick, and get behind you. you know, makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Nice mm. Stuff like that, but
3: yeah, it's, it's important to maintain, keep that in mind when you're doing abilities because it's very easy to want it to be able to do this and mm-hmm. that and. Uh-huh. These three other things. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's
1: one thing that I mean I've I've seen a lot of like monster design freelancers come in and I've designed my own and had feedback as well and that's really good advice. Um, it's um you look at like a player character and the player character is on screen the entire game. Every single battle the player characters are doing stuff. So it makes sense that a player character is gonna have all of these spells, all of these feats, all of these class options that you're gonna be able to pull upon Uh, to do things with but most monsters again you're going to be there for three or four rounds and then hmm, you're done um so if you put a lot of work into a monster to give it all sorts of powers a lot of that stuff is just going to be wasted it's never going to really do anything um You can give it extra stuff if it's, like, things that it does outside of combat, like if this monster's got the ability to, like, exude, like, it it, it drools this, like, slime that kind of hardens into stone, and then it can, like, make sculptures and, uh, like, nests out of stone and and sort of create its own little layer out of that stuff, and maybe that's why it's got sort of this labyrinth-type thing. Um, That's that's something you can give it without worrying about overloading its powers, because that's not something it's going to be doing in combat. Mm -hmm. It helps build the the monster's uh, storyline. And if you're doing this kind
3: of stuff for publication, the easier it is for a GM to run, even if it's. I mean, I, once you're getting to something like a level 20 on a yeah. monster, of course it's going to have uh, 20 different immunities yeah, and stuff it's like that. But, yeah. but, you know, lower to mid level monsters probably don't need 12 different immunities, 6 yeah. resistances, uh, 4 different reactions, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Just the, the, the one big trick or two that it has is usually.
0: Uh, the important way to go about designing mm-hmm. something like that. An easier way to complicate the encounter <coughs> is to add more monsters, I think, right? Mm-hmm. With or, or use the environment to yeah, to exactly things, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, on that same note, so you're talking about, you know, most most monsters right. are going to four or five rounds, right? Yeah. How do you still find the balance then for for like these over intelligent creatures who should have choices to do things, mm-hmm. but you still don't want to overload them
3: with abilities that And, like, so you're talking about, hey, night players are going to go fight the big, strong, the big, powerful mastermind wizard, you know, yeah. the, that's the, the common... Or the lich is a good example. Yeah. Or the lich, yeah. Um, I mean, in, in those instances, I think it makes sense. It's very thematic for the monster to have those kind of abilities. Um, but if you can, like, keeping notes for yourself, or, and we, we try to do this in, like, our, our tactics, is specify what are its, like... What's its priority and what it does? You know, it, it tries to dominate everyone first, and then whale of the banshee, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Because uh, it, it, it's probably smart enough to know that, like, shooting a first level or my, my ray of frost at someone, even though I have it, mm-hmm. is not going to be the best option for for something like that. And um, in your home game, ideally, a creature that smart knows something about the player characters. Uh, a lich has probably been scrying or sending its agents to c- gather information for some time and will know that the fighters will save their weak. and the, the rogue really relies on its rapier that it, it, it is likely to get disarmed right away in combat stuff like that um, so planning for specific uh, things to, to do against the player characters usually uh, both suggests that great power and also lets you narrow down those options that you're Even though a monster might have something. Like, it's great to put in those those extra options so a GM personally can decide those. Uh, But using them.
0: Using them intelligently is really the it gets, it, gets complicated. it does get complicated, especially intelligent monsters. I mean, one thing that gets often overlooked is running away, uh, yeah. teleporting. You know, the lich is not going to stand around and get beat if it knows its, get, it's beat, You know, it's going to teleport away. It'll recharge, or maybe the players will find it just you know before it's able to recharge, and then it'll use it. It's, it's like I'm out of meteor swarms. I got to use Ray of Frost. You know, that's why those exist is uh, so the, the battle can go longer and feel yeah. really satisfying. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I mean, just to look uh, at, a, at a classic monster, you look at a dragon, um, and dragons, um, their big thematic thing is they've got a breath weapon, and it just, this blast of energy comes out and it does its thing. Uh, beyond that, uh, dragons are, are not very complicated. It's just mm-hmm. big step they oh, just, monsters. They just, nope. they do a lot of, they can claw and bite and, and, and attack and all that, and they can move around. Um, and they've got a few abilities, that uh, like resistance and stuff, usually tied to the type of their breath weapon. But uh, that's about it. But they're still really smart. They're, they've got a lot of you know story cachet behind them. Um, the easiest way to to give a monster a lot more options without overcomplicating it, I think, is to give it spellcasting ability. And that's like why you see dragons have spells, and liches, and, and uh, you, something like the Veiled Masters uh, have a lot of spells. Um, because spells it's implied that you can alter that list as a game master and mm-hmm. pick spells that are more appropriate for what its role in your game is going to be. And uh, they take up a fair amount of room, like on the stat block, sure. uh, but not nearly as much as like, explaining what each one of those effects might do. It's a really good shorthand to give a monster a lot of variety and all of that without filling up a lot of uh, uh, space in the stat block. And that's, that's one of the reasons just from... And designing monsters for publication in a, in a Pathfinder book is uh, we basically try to fit monsters on one page or on a uh, two page on spread. And uh, we want to do our best to keep a lot of the flavor text like you know, where do they live, what do they do, their habitats, their societies and stuff like that. We want to keep that in there along with the picture. Um, and what that usually means is the stat block itself doesn't have room to get that complicated. So it's just a really good sort of not only to limit the monster's power so that you aren't wasting time and they will never be able to do that in combat, it's something that will fit on, on a page if, mm-hmm. if it were to get published. Another
3: bit building off that point of using spells is just the more familiar GM is with the game in general the more likely they would know Like, oh I know what Fireball does, I know yeah. what Chain Lightning does, I know what Black Tentacles does and that is suddenly just less meant to workload. Even though it takes up a lot of, you know, there's a lot more stuff going on on the page if they know what two-thirds of the spells are, it's just, oh, I, I don't have to worry
1: about learning new stuff.
3: It's right. already... But f- then the
1: monster's light. projectorized is like, what is that? You have to like, read his ability. So most
3: likely, if this thing is living in some kind of locked-up place or yeah. hiding somewhere, it comes out whenever you find it, whenever the story dictates, yes. so mm-hmm. it doesn't have, like, a... <clears throat> comes out at night or right before that volcano's erupting. Uh, but I like the... Uh, we've started asking what intelligent creatures might offer or, or do for characters and one of these here was it foretells the future but only tragedy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um or <laughs> just even foretelling the future might be the reason you go find this creature is you can see what is coming in your future by locking eyes with it mm. but it, it's you know, draining
2: yeah
1: mm-hmm. you know, um so, so that's that's a uh, a trope that's really used a lot in, in fantasy fiction these you know, the prophecy type thing where it's like you can see something and then it tells you what's coming in the future. And for novels and stuff like that, that's a really handy um sure. plot device plot device that <laughs> yeah. you can basically like summarize what might be about to happen so that when you're reading the the, the storyline you kinda know where you're going. It's it's almost impossible to do it in an RPG. Yeah. Because yeah. you never know you can say like this thing looks at you. Big, and says, yeah. You will die in a lake of boiling acid uh-huh. and then because you know the next room has a pit of acid. And the player characters then what if they go left and they never go to that acid pit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's really tricky to pull off. Um but right of the
5: PCs, um, it could be also an organization. The sponsor could be captured by some dwarf yeah. king mm-hmm. who uses its fortune telling. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. But you would still need, in a case like that, because at some point the player characters will come in contact with the thing, and you will need to know how its abilities work. And you could, be, it could be something as simple as. Um, If you were to gain access to this creature and it gives you a potential future or something like that, that might just give you like a plus two circumstance bonus on saving throws against acid effects for the next, maybe even the rest of your life or something like that. Because you know that acid is... Mm -hmm. Your doom. Your doom, yeah. Or, I mean, we could even have that doom effect where it's like it, it tells you that you're going to be dying soon and the doom effect makes it more likely that you're going to die. It doesn't guarantee it, but it makes it more something that might... dooming like, the player. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, but and that's that's part of the reason why we, we have this whole thing like Prophecy is dead in, in Galarian and in Pathfinder because... It's, it's hard to pull off in a role game. Yeah,
0: it, it creates a contract between the GM and the player. You know, if I, if I as the GM, say, you know, oh, you see this prophecy, and, you know, the, uh, that you're going to die in a pit of acid, then the player either becomes, uh, you know, you, you ask the character, the player, to more or less say, my character's now afraid of acid. Like, very much, you know, and and it's, it's that yes and, it's that play with me kind of mentality, you know, and it doesn't fit in a publication as well as it does in a home game, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I, I think we could do to twist that a bit to still
3: keep that, you know, yeah. foretelling. Bit. So, specifically Galarian, I mean, prophecy broken, we, yeah. we turned off that switch. Uh, but perhaps maybe this creature that it's got such immense power that whatever it foretells will come true, and mm-hmm. other people are trying to get to it, and whatever they prophesize is probably bad, mm-hmm. and you want to stop whoever's trying to prophesize a particular. You know, if there's a, a cult of Grotus that are going to prophesize that, oh no, he's actually coming next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the way we can do that to guarantee that is locking eyes with this thing. May, yeah. Suddenly, it's again, it's another MacGuffin yeah. where you're trying to get to that before they are. But
1: uh, yeah, and one way like you could a... manifest that is maybe you look into his eyes and and it prophesies something, and that that basically gives you a wish. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Oh yeah, that could be one way you do it. And then if yeah. you start building that element, and that sort of s- decides at that point that this monster is really powerful, because Wish kicks in mm-hmm. at you know a really high level. So that suddenly limits the stories that you can tell with this creature, too, at the end of a campaign, when the player characters are 17th, 18th, 19th level. So that's also something that the game rules can, can you you know, decide for you when you can use this monster, or maybe if the idea is, is going in the wrong direction, because you really mm-hmm. had your heart set on a third level adventure.
0: And that, I mean... Environment can play into that. What this makes me think of is Sphere, uh, Michael Crichton's oh, movie, yeah. a book. You know, they uh, the, the plot. I guess is they kind of see this thing or whatever and weird things start happening and it's what's in their imagination or they talk about something and then it starts happening um you know and if they're all on a submarine the the whole time so that works out great because they can't really go anywhere they can't just wish for like okay million bucks you know it's like well where are you gonna spend it you're not submarine so um you know if the players are in a dungeon or on a submarine or whatever you know it's like they're gonna want to use that wish probably by the end of the adventure if something really goes to hell um
1: yeah. You could also for monsters that you're you're basically planning to be just a one shot adventure that just happen all at once, it could be you could do this, this monster in a, a like a single session game where it's like the whole goal is like your town is if there's a volcano erupting and you want to go to this monster to ask it if it has a vision of how to stop the volcano or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about wishes coming in mm-hmm. at a particular level, um, that
3: reminds me of like citing something like a, a creature's level, CR, because yeah. mm-hmm, yeah. um, uh, you know, something like this, depending on how powerful we make the, the eye locking ability, could theoretically show up at any level in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, but if you start, in, there, there are certain abilities and certain assumptions about the game that really require players to be at a particular level before. They can reasonably handle certain obstacles. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a flying creature um, that can, like, you know, if you're in a in a weird dimension, pocket dimension where everything is just giant floating asteroids that you fly from uh, to each, you know, from one to the next, uh, players without flight are kind of screwed. Yep. They have no way of like chasing something that is native to that that area and, and going after it. So, you know, recognizing that. You know, if I have a creature that has flight that would be able to keep away from a short bow, typically, uh, that's probably not something I want to throw at first or second level. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you want to make sure that players have ready access to either you know, long-range attacks or, or or general flight. That was first edition. That was once you hit third level spells. Yeah. All right, then we can start throwing some flight in. Mm-hmm. Or even uh, more reasonably, we might even just say a level below that, but we could probably... Assume that players might have access to a scroll of flight or throw one into an adventure or something yeah. like that to deal with such situations. So, if it's important to recognize things like flight, um, teleportation, like you know,
0: it's nothing
1: you need certain to abilities, like yeah, um,
0: melting into stone and stuff
1: like that. Oh, yeah, petrification a good one, yeah. petrification um, curses, yeah. diseases. It's, it's pretty, pretty mean to make you fight monsters that make you diseased when you don't actually have access to disease curing. That's blood. why Basilisk
3: has the blood clots, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why mummy rot is so killer because it's just yeah. really tough to get through yeah. that yeah, 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 particular easy, level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um.
1: All yeah. oh, right, so what else we got for this monster? Do we want to start asking if yeah. there's any general questions? q and a, yeah. Yeah, so let's, yes. let's have a... any Anything? We've kind of been all over the board yeah. on monsters. Monsters monster monster shoot the breeze. Any yeah. yeah, other so yeah, <laughs> questions about like monsters, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: well, you're uh, we talking about
6: personal fears
2: and
6: such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you think that the popularity of like sea creature features on monsters look alien really owes all that much to Lovecraft's ichthyophobia, or is it just that there is a lot of legitimately weird stuff in the deep sea?
1: I think it's it's certainly Lovecraft has a pretty big footprint on a lot of popular culture these days, but I think that um, it goes deeper than that. Uh, um, (laughs) I think that there's this element with, I mean, having grown up on the the ocean's edge, is, is everybody needs water. If you don't have water, you're gonna die, but if you have too much water, you're gonna die. It's this sort of like <laughs> you can't. It's it's this weird element of uh, existence that that uh, it's it gives you life, but if you go into it, you can't live. Uh, but there are certainly creatures in the water that do live, and there's so maybe there's this. I kind of, I've always felt like there's this element of like, if a creature lives in the water, it's got something that we don't. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes, it, uh, that makes it frightening, it, it means that uh, they can live somewhere we can't, and we, if we go into its realm, um, we're at a disadvantage, and they're going to be all that easier to get us, so um, I don't know, I think that uh, that's got a big big part of why the, the ocean has always been so scary, it's also a case of like, um, just look at like, uh, ship travel and, and all of that, uh, in order to like, get trade from different nations and stuff, you'd have to take these long, dangerous voyages across oceans, Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff out there in the ocean. You just you don't really know what is going on in there. So, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what uh, Lovecraft keyed in on. Um, But I think it's even even more primal fear, just going all the way back. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: Yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about uh, the creatures which are actually sort of like allies and how you design those, like your allies, like a
3: unicorn or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like.
5: Things in the best year that are would be helpful or you know um, neutral, not things that are in, that are I mean, but like
1: it's 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 sort of the same thing. You want to make sure that what they can except it's in reverse. Rather than you rather than looking at the monsters like what can the monster do to you, and then making sure the player characters can, can avoid that, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like what can the monster give you. That in theory you could already have, I mean, or does it invalidate? You know, yeah, or it yeah. doesn't invalidate? So if so. you have a monster, for example, that can um, basically cast, that can give you the ability to teleport, like the unicorn. Um, uh, if you want to have something that's like it can, if you befriend it, it'll let you, you know, teleport around the place. You probably want to make that monster appear. Not quite at the point where player characters are going to be teleporting, but just a little bit before that, because the monster's not automatically going to do this for you. You have to work for it, and then so that's why like a unicorn is is at about like fourth fourth level or something somewhere around in that area. You're not quite able to do the first level, uh, the first tier of like dimension door and stuff like that. But if you befriend the unicorn, then you get this ability as long as the unicorn's alive. Um, and, uh, that's that's one way you can look at like how you build monsters that are sort of uh, supposed to be allies and give you abilities there's also like summoning monsters yeah, and stuff and like,
0: like that. psychopomps I mean Luis, you've you've uh, done a couple psychopomps recently right yeah. that are those are interesting because they're not necessarily good guys but they're not bad guys either they're just guiding you to the afterlife and uh, they fill a really interesting niche um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think along with that um, <coughs>
3: recognizing where the line is for that particular monster. Some, of, a lot of these monsters are intelligent. So an angel might show up, and you know, as helpful as it might be to get some healing from an angel, you've been stealing from the local king, and that's not very good. And yeah. like, you know, it, it may not know your your full intent or your motives, and it it may be the most. It could save the day and, and solve everything. But suddenly you have, and you know, maybe a social encounter, even like a, a small adventure that you have to win over a creature like this mm-hmm. to, to help you out. So I think it, you just got to keep in mind to never give away something. Uh, we try to make sure it's that, you know, our magic items do the same thing, that they don't just immediately make adventuring the easiest mm-hmm. life ever. We, we want people to be able to have obstacles and adversity that they can overcome because that's, it's fun. It, it feels good to, to do that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. just to avoid making everything
1: a cakewalk and I think usually you're. you're okay. You brought up something about like the social encounter. That's one thing that, that mm-hmm. non antagonistic monsters are great. Uh, Obviously, the game skews toward, like, fighting monsters and taking their stuff. But um, you can have other creatures, like uh, psychopomps or angels, that don't necessarily want to fight you, but will allow other player character builds, like bards or um, rogues, or characters that are more built for, like, give them a chance to use bluff and, and diplomacy and maybe even intimidate, those types of abilities. They're not defeating the encounter by attacking but they're still making these same roles and one thing that second edition actually is really really good at is that it's got all of the numbers for all of these different things kind of run on the same scale so like the number you'd need to hurt a monster with your sword is kind of generally going to be the same number that you're going to need to hurt it with your diplomacy check you know what i mean so it's it's Designing monsters in that way makes makes it it's a, it works a lot easier yeah. in this game. It's, it's fewer numbers, to remember? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's see what time we got. Oh, we got about ten more minutes. More, we can do more questions for sure. Anyone's got any more monster, basically monster questions or?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I noticed early on, you guys, uh, you know, way back in the Rise of the Ringlords day, has a lot of unique monsters like the Sandpoint Devil, uh, Black Maga, mm-hmm. jumps to mind, mm-hmm. and then uh, I can't remember. If it was in the original module or when you guys did the re-release of it, you kind of mentioned that there might be up to, like, nine Black Bakas or, you know, there
4: might be other types of Sandpoint Devils elsewhere. Uh, So what is kind of your thought process going into a purely unique monster versus something that's just really rare?
1: Um, in both of those cases, we did include like variants, like uh, uh, for the Sandpoint Devil and for Black Maga, we did say these are unique creatures, but there are other creatures that are similar to them out there in the world. So that was, for those two, built in uh, from the start. But there's others, like Tree Razor. There's there's not multiple types of Tree Razors. Yep. Well. I think a, a
3: lot of that comes down to just add, we, we, we absolutely love to add in GM hooks to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's in the form of oh, hey, rumors are that there's another type of monster that's even stronger, and it has sonic blast. You know, that's a a common way we do that to both set us up for the future, where later we're like, oh, we need a sonic-themed creature. Oh, good thing we have this thing that we can just immediately base off of that. Or even, like, um, I mean, Tree Razor's Axe comes comes with a a campaign hook all its own because it's an artifact and requires destruction, and achieving that is... It's something that you don't just do in an hour. Um, so I mean, we, whenever you can, uh, at least especially for publication, building in hooks like that—be they new monsters—that's why we try to say, "Oh, here's this creature, and here's its prey, and here's its predator, and that, that is more stuff that we can spin off of them." Or, or here's the, the interesting treasure that you can only get from it. Or um, here's uh, how its culture is unique. You know, they meet once every. Uh, every eclipse, but mm-hmm. only in Southern Garoon and stuff like that. Just building some kind of hook for a GM to, to latch onto or for us to later mm-hmm. build upon it is usually pretty important and really helpful and to, as inspiration.
0: I don't think it's because, like for instance like Sandpoint Devil like I don't think it's because we want people to like okay we got this Sandpoint Devil let's go find the electricity Sandpoint Devil and the water Sandpoint Devil that's not I don't think that's really the intent the intent is more like we don't want GMs to feel like uh, shoehorned into like well Uh, they're not in Sandpoint, my PCs aren't in Sandpoint, so I can't do the Sandpoint Devil. It's like, no, it's like, read this. It's like, cool, you can, you know, we want you to make it your own, and we're just providing inspiration to a large uh, extent for for that, to to inspire GMs to make the game their own, Put put uh, Sandpoint Devil wherever they want, you know, wherever it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, Are
1: there questions or anything? Yeah. So this might be a dumb question because I didn't actually read the playtest based here yet. Oh, no worries. No right. dumb questions. Uh, in, in fact, you can skip it. We you can skip the new one. All right. Templates. Monster
3: templates. How did
5: that
3: work? <laughs> uh, uh, it's. Um, so looking at it, in, I, I flipped through the best way. I haven't like memorized the whole book yet. But uh, uh, what, the way we were, were trying to do that, and Jason, I think, mentioned it at the banquet, is to give ideas that work well within that structure that is what's a skeleton, what's a zombie, what's a lich um, by the, the rules specifically say that like hey if you want to just take this monster apply one of these two different abilities and maybe increase its level by one and its a uh, few stats by one great that, that's a template and that's very much like the advanced t- simple template or something like that that you used to from first edition but it also suggests hey here's some abilities that you can work off Uh, And once we have the uh, final monster creation rolls out to you, you can build it from scratch with those unique abilities in mind or something along those power levels or or the range of abilities uh, uh, on your own. So we're we're also going to be coming out with uh, some of the world guides. We're just going to toss on like super mini short templates with, like, hey, if you need to make a, a Red Mantis assassin that happens to be a doppelganger, you can take this little mini template. It gives it, you know proficiency with Sawtooth Sabers and then later like Poison and like some spell casting from, uh, for, for that and you toss it on and it's like one, two, three abilities done. Great. So it, it varies depending on how much work you want to put into it uh, as GM, but we're, we're definitely going to have simpler versions of that. Yeah.
1: One thing that um, uh, I've, I really like about designing monsters for 2nd Edition is it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, with 1st Edition, um uh, monsters and player characters were kind of built using the same sort of core concept of rules and all that. and it didn't really work because a monster is trying to do different things in the game than a player character. And that's why you, that's a big part of the reason why you'd see like the Christmas tree effect like whenever we put an NPC into an adventure in order to get their numbers up to the point where they needed to be to be a monster, basically in the encounter, we had to artificially inflate their, their abilities to get to that point. Um, and that meant they always had, like, cloaks of protection and uh, belts of giant strength and headbands of uh, intent, intellect and all that, and it just got repetitive. With 2nd Edition, uh, we don't have to do that. Monsters are built to be monsters. Player characters are built to be players. Player characters. And um, it makes it a lot easier. You don't have to worry so much about balance across every... It's, it's a lot more... Those of you who are familiar with the way Starfinder monsters are built, it's, it's kind of similar there. And um, so to a certain extent... Um, the need for templates is less, because the amount of time, for example, it would take you to build a half-dragon catoblpa, um, or a half-demon elephant. The amount of time it would take you to build that in first edition is actually it's about the same amount of time it would just take you to build a demon elephant in second edition, so it's, it's, it's a pretty liberating uh, a way to, to build monsters. Um, Again, all of those rules are going to be in uh, the, the Game Master Guide, which we're uh, aiming to get out uh, this winter, uh, along with all the other, like, behind the scenes, stuff like building spells and magic items and all that stuff, so mm-hmm. that'll be uh, pretty handy. Hopefully we'll be able to do something, maybe get off some, some like, previews for that before, uh, before then, because yeah. there's going to be a gap between when the game is out and the Game Master Guide is out that... Um, so, we are about out of time. Uh, anybody have any last minute quick questions or anything? Cool, well, um, oh yeah.
5: Oh, just going to ask if you share your favorite uh, creature from the new bestiary, if there is something that... Favorite new and monster? So, yeah, great our, question. <laughs> favorite new
1: monster from the bestiary?
5: Uh,
1: I think mine is probably the Coilent. It's a weird sort of kind of three-legged, two-armed, kind of faceless thing that's... It's creepy. It's awful. <laughs> it's, it's, the art is kind of, it doesn't really look super creepy, but it, just what it does, mm. it's, it's got this weird sort of dream nightmare touch. It's like Tripod
0: it. and Slender Man. Yeah, it. it's, it's, it's so like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 my memory fails me right now, but I will uh, tease Extinction Curse, the next AP that we uh, talked about at the banquet. Uh, one of the monsters in there that I'm really stoked about is a... Uh, uh, I think I'm calling it the bone croupier right now. It's like an undead gambler kind of thing. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, it's that's a little shtick is it doesn't cheat at, uh, at or it, uh, it does cheat at games, but it doesn't like compel you with magic to play games with it. It just like uses its charm. It's just like, come on, one more. It just wants to sow its awful uh, need to gamble uh, so you can finally gamble <laughs> away your life.
2: Uh,
0: nice. Yeah, undead gambler. I was like, that's a cool niche we need to fill. Yeah.
3: Um, so I haven't, gotten a chance to look through the best as much as these two who actually worked on developing it uh, but there are two things I particularly like um, one is because of the shorter stat blocks we can take something like Hop Goblin and rather than present one Hop Goblin Warrior we can present enough Hop Goblins we got two or three in there that can fill out a squad or even a small regiment there uh, with just that one spread so you get more, you, more bang for your buck with that kind of stuff and then I just also like some of the, the major changes we made to just kind of the boring Big moving stat blocks that we had originally. Like uh, the shark now has the ability to like leap straight out of the air and try to catch you if you're above the water.
1: So it's you know, a That's uh, actually one thing that I I think the design team knocked it out of the park. Yeah. There's so many creatures like the owl bear for example is a, is a perfect example uh, in every edition of the game up to now. The owl bear is oh it's, it's half owl half bear. That's really crazy and <laughs> weird and strange. But then you stick. file everything up, it's got the same stats as a bear. There's no, the fact that it's an owl bear means nothing. Um, but it does now. But now, yeah, it yeah, screeches. It's just, ah, yeah, it's a noise, noise. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh-huh. So, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, Thank you I think this is the last yeah. seminar. Of yeah. day. Yep. Uh, make sure that tomorrow there are going to be a big uh, uh, game, just open gaming. Yeah. Not really anything scheduled. Just kind of go hang out. And yeah, we'll, we'll be there play playing games. games, games, games yeah, yeah please. Cool. Well,
0: thank Thank you
2: all.